This is Jocko Podcast number 137 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. If you know the way broadly, you will see it in all things. And that is a simplified quote from Musashi's Book of Five Rings. And it's a solid quote. Makes sense. I, I believe it to be true. But at the same time, while I agree with Musashi, that if you know the way broadly, you'll see it in all things, there's a little bit of a problem with that concept. And the problem is, how do you get to know the way broadly? I mean, the way is no easy thing to grasp. You aren't born with it. You don't just wake up with it. It's something that you have to learn, and it's something that you are always still learning. But even though you have to learn the way, at the same time, learning the way is hard because the the way is something that's hard to teach. And recently I've been asked in a couple, by a couple different people in a couple different scenarios how I learned what I learned. How have I learned what I learned? And this is, believe me, no claim that I know a ton of stuff. I don't. As I just said, I am still learning. But I will say that I do know the way broadly enough that I now see it everywhere and in everything. So, how did I learn the way? Well, it's kind of interesting because it's a combination of, actually it's, it's more of a collision of a bunch of different things, of course, my time in the SEAL teams, and I do trace a lot of it back to the SEAL platoon where we had a little mutiny, we had a bad boss, and we ended up turning against him and he got fired and replaced by the best boss and and the juxtaposition and the contrast between really good leadership and really bad leadership made it very clear but it wasn't just that I, of course I had other great guys that I worked with in the SEAL teams that taught me a ton a great instructor cadre that put me through training that taught me a ton and you know I realize I always paid close attention to leadership and tactics and I think that's probably because I sought something that I might be able to get good at since there was a lot of things that I wasn't naturally good I wasn't naturally the strongest I wasn't naturally the fastest I wasn't naturally the best shot so I kind of paid attention to leadership and I paid attention to who did it well and who didn't and I paid attention to tactics and I paid attention to what worked and what didn't from a tactical perspective. And I read. Now, I'll tell you right now, I did not read a lot by any stretch, especially compared to how much I read right now. But I read some important books that had a big impact on me. And of course, they were only books about war. And in those books about war, the things that I actually paid attention to wasn't like the wasn't the 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 political situation that was going on I, I paid attention to the leadership I paid attention to the tactics I paid attention to the human nature of how men reacted to war 
And so some of those books, and again, it wasn't a lot about face with the old breed, battle leadership, the last hundred yards, some very straightforward books and books that I covered early on this podcast. And then, of course, on top of that, I got lucky with my deployments overseas and I got to experience war from a leadership perspective. And I started to see how things overlapped and intertwined. And one of the things that really helped me see the connections between leadership and tactics and human nature and life in general was jujitsu. I talk about jujitsu a lot. Obviously, we talk about jujitsu a lot. Jiu-jitsu is a simple, straightforward, practical representation of the way. If you think about what, what jiu-jitsu has in it, right? It has offense, it has defense, it has flanking, it has conservation of energy, it has deception, it has attack, it has concentration of effort. It has position, improving your position. It has maneuvering. It has placing baits and using feints and always keeping your base and keeping your balance while at the same time trying to upset your opponents. Now, everything I just said, you could use that for combat, for tactical situations. You could also use it in business. You could use it in interactions with other human beings as you maneuver through human nature and how it you interact with it. And there's psychological elements inside of jujitsu as well that are reflected. Humility. You're gonna get humbled by jujitsu. And at the same time, dichotomy, you're gonna gain confidence. You're gonna know the truth. You're gonna know where you actually stand. You know, it's not, you're gonna get a belt, but that belt, it only represents it only, it doesn't fully represent the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is the truth. And in jujitsu, you know the truth. You're going to be vulnerable. You're going to, you're psychologically, you're going to learn about tenacity. You're going to, you're going to have to have grit. You're going to have to have durability. You're going to have to have stability. And as I trained jujitsu and I garnered a better understanding of jujitsu, I started to have a better understanding of the way and as I learned the way on the mats the way revealed itself in combat it revealed itself in leadership in human nature and in life because as you and I talk about this as well as you understand things from different angles right so when you learn the way in different disciplines you start to see it from different angles and eventually I came to understand the way broadly and now I do see it in everything and this is another thing the more I see it in everything the more I see it in everything so understanding the way like I said a lot of it had to do with this thread and I talked about it when we when we talked about judo I talked about how jujitsu is the thing that started I started to see a connective thread between these between these different disciplines and a lot of it 
my understanding of jiu-jitsu helped me in every other aspect and a lot of my in fact the vast majority of my understanding of jiu-jitsu comes from one person and the person I was lucky enough to learn from is a pioneer of the sport considered by many people to be one of the greatest grapplers ever a pr- he's a practitioner that actually revolutionized the sport of jiu-jitsu and grappling and his influence is still evident today world champion multiple times over also a mixed martial arts fighter who has faced some of the best in the world and some of the biggest arenas in that sport and someone who I have trained on the mats of justice with for over 20 years and who's been a close friend of mine that whole time through many ups and downs through victories and defeats through struggles of life on and off the mat master of jiu-jitsu and more important a friend of mine my brother Dean Lister who is now finally coming on the show Dean welcome to the show (laughs) (laughs) great to be here brother thank you for the invite yeah man Uh, let's start at the beginning and I was thinking about, I know a little bit about your beginning, and but I actually didn't realize that I know that you were raised somewhat in Panama, but where were you actually born? Born in Camp Pendleton, Oceanside here in San Diego. Because so, your dad was in the Marine that's Corps. Right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a native of San Diego, but um, two years I grew up in Venezuela, uh, two years in Panama, and uh, my whole life I've been all around the world, traveling, learning the world. You know, it's very important to study. Uh, how old were you? How old were you when you moved to Venezuela? I was in third grade, so eight, nine years. Did you old. go right into Spanish-speaking yeah. school? Well, they had English and Spanish at the okay. same time. I didn't speak Spanish. That was actually a problem for me. And I actually learned Spanish fluently when I lived in Panama. When I was in junior high, and that was, of course, during. Did the you invasion. go to a Spanish school, Spanish-speaking school, or yeah. did you just learn it out in the streets? <laughs> I learned best from, let's say, free rolling. Let's say something, <laughs> talking, uh, saying something, you do it wrong, you actually learn how to uh, speak better. Uh, so I've actually been dropped off in countries and learn languages that way. It's the best way, actually. So you have no choice. Immersion. Immersion, exactly. Um, in Panama, it was uh, DOD, Department of Defense School. And that matter of fact, they used my junior high as a, as a hospital, a field hospital during the Panama invasion. And uh, that that's where I actually learned Spanish. Uh, I had survival Spanish when I was a little kid, but Panama. What years did you live in Panama? 89, 88. So I was in seventh and eighth grade around that time. Seventh and eighth grade, you lived in Panama. The invasion went down in 89, I think December of 89. December 18th or 20th, I forget. And you were like in it. It was was happening around you. What happened was uh, Fort Amador, which actually means Fort Lover (laughs) in Spanish. (laughs) It's a Navy base. It's not a very big base. But it's the only base in Panama that was, they were trying to make a joint effort to have half Panamanian. Well, imagine I was in the middle of about eh, maybe 80 yards from where my house was down a hill. About 40 guys got massacred there. And that, the front gate to the base. Um, some PDF, the Panamanian Defense Force, police, military, same thing down there. They. They did try to uh, run a Marine roadblock Ooh, in a bus. That's not going to work out good for them. And uh, the Marines had 50 cal just... <laughs> and uh, the bus grinded to a halt, basically. It just didn't make it. So, yeah, what, I was right What did there, they right do there. with the families during that time? 
Well, so like, what did your? I mean, your dad, dad did he have to work, or did he? Yeah, he was he was at Corey Heights, which was the main, you know, headquarters. So he was uh, basically underground, this big rock, and uh, he could not tell us. So he knew, but there's no way it was like top secret, whatever compartmentalized, whatever you would say as far as he couldn't let us know. And they didn't. He didn't. Didn't send you out of the country. It happened real fast. Yeah, they, because they they killed a marine lieutenant. I believe his name was Lieutenant Paz, mm-hmm. and uh, that was uh, maybe. Yeah, that was not the reason. That was the straw that not the straw, the boulder that broke the camel's back for sure. And uh, sent in yeah, all our forces, and that caused me some problems though in, in school because mo- uh, most of the kids were Panamanian kids. They were they called them zonies. Their parents worked on the Panama uh, Canal, and so they were r- pretty well off. I went to decent school down there, and because of that, everyone everyone from Panama had an uncle or a cousin who died, and so. They see me. I was, by the way, I was a goofy little kid. <laughs> Not saying I wasn't tough. I was just goofy. So didn't speak Spanish. Uh, I was goofy. Uh, my social skills were a little bit awkward. Maybe they are to this day, actually. And uh, that's a recipe for disaster, right? So, so that's actually were probably, you scrawny? I was always, I was always tough, scrawny, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't get big until I was like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. Started growing real fast. Yeah. And so you were getting scraps down there, basically. Lots, yeah. Because you were a gringo. Oh, gringo. They call this Yankee down there. Gringo didn't exist. That's oh, okay. Yankee. Everywhere was Yankee go home. It was graffiti <laughs> everywhere. Yankee, and then they spelled wrong. H-O-M. <laughs> and Yankee was Y-A-N-Q-U-I. Spelled so, like Spanish. So the school was on base? No. No. It was, oh, it was out was of town. Base. You'd take a bus. Matter of fact, it was really stupid. Um, they actually had a, a failed coup about, I think, two weeks before the invasion. One of uh, Noriega, Manuel Noriega's mm-hmm. uh, top guys, generals, uh, successfully took him down. And uh, the loyalists to, to Noriega came to his rescue and the general surrendered. But that day, the country was on high alert and we're going home on the bus back to get dropped off at, at, well, to my base and other bases. And uh, the Panamanian uh, PDF, Panamanian Defense Force mm-hmm. guys, were in a machine gun nest. just And... I'm telling you, all these high school kids, I, I knew enough to just shut up. They opened the window and started taunting these guys. And these guys had, <laughs> what are the PKM? What, what, yeah, what, some what, kind what, of PKM. It, it was pointed right at us. And yeah. they were like looking at us. And I'm, oh, man, they didn't shoot us. But that was one of those things. You know, when, you're kid, when you're young, you do stupid things, apparently. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I was right there. It was, um, it was a crazy time. It was good, though. I'm actually glad. Uh, and this is... Oh, I was teased Jocko, which is, I don't think he appreciates it, but I was like, Jocko, I saw war before you. <laughs> true Technically, statement. it's yeah, true. true <laughs> Jocko yeah. was like, yeah, whatever. So I've seen one-tenth of one percent or whatever. Of what but you, you were have. what, 10 years old? I was uh, 13. No, 13 12, years old? 12, okay, yeah. that's actually, you actually had more of an understanding. If you were a little bit younger, you yeah. know, you might not really get it, yeah, but, but you had enough understanding to realize I'm, that you were in I, danger and stuff. Yeah, so for t- 24 hours, we were all alone, pitch dark, uh, Basically, I was just on the ground for three days, and uh, my mom filled up the bathtub with water, and I, I thought I was going to die. It really, and you know, you're 12 years old, you think a lot, but uh, that changed my life actually. Just that, just to have that experience it was but actually you were a good thing. On base end. that was secured by it wasn't U.S. forces. It was becoming secured. It was the only uh, base in Panama that was half Panamanian. Across God. the street, down a hill, was the Panamanian officers. So it was a joint effort. In my situation, most of the um, uh, U.S. kids. 
or like for, uh, Howard, they were in Rodman, they were over these hills. Mm-hmm. They, they heard gunshots and, uh, you know, concussions, whatever, but they didn't see anything. Right. They might have seen a few tracers. But, yeah, I was right in the middle. Did of any it. rounds were, hit your house? Uh, like, like we, we are on top of the hill, so a few things uh, chipped the top of our roof. And, and for sure, if you walk by a window, someone could shoot you. So we didn't do that, of course. Mm-hmm. And we just drank out of a bathtub. And it was just you and your you and your my mom sister, and your sister. My mom. And your and dad was at work. My dad was, he was working. He yeah, must exactly. have been, he must oh, have been he was, freaked out. Uh, our neighbor, we, we had giant yards between these houses. Nice houses, actually. And the neighbor, she was all by herself, so it was just no kids. She ran over uh, across this, I'd say 100 yards. The, the, the yards were really wide, and she's knocking on our door. She came in, so I, she, we had a fourth. It was a young young lady. Mm-hmm. To me, it was an old lady. She was yeah, probably 25. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that was an <laughs> old lady. Oldest person you've yeah. ever seen in your life. <laughs> she came Did and your she, dad leave any <clears throat> weapons at the house? Uh, Dang. <laughs> <laughs> I'd been like, Dad, for come reason, on. I would have strapped up and <laughs> yeah, go get some. Not really, but yeah, my dad was, uh, yeah, it was just a sudden thing. It was a short notice and he was, yeah. It happened at around, I don't know, 11, before midnight, yeah. 11.35 or something. And I thought it was firecrackers first. And, it, and it just shaking and flashes everywhere, just chaotic, chaotic. And, and then did you finish out that school year? So that goes down in December. It, it was got quelled through. pretty quickly. Yeah, let's say three days of, Two days of very intense. First day was the most. Second was serious. Third was okay. And the next week was just like a mop up operations. So still for ten days it was it was dangerous. But the first um, one of my teachers from my junior high got got killed and uh, was just out in the street at the wrong time. And he was living in town actually. That's mm-hmm. why he was in the wrong place, wrong time. And I don't know how he yeah, got shot, but I'm not I'm not sure by who. But the wrong place, wrong time. So uh, yeah, right in the middle of it. Yeah, we used to go down to Panama to do jungle training. Yeah. It was awesome, but it was after. I mean, this is in the '90s, so. But I we went in and we'd look around, try and find you know where some of these battles took place, and and it was interesting. So then, when you, you so did you finish out that school year? Halfway through, we moved to to San Diego. Okay, to high school down here, and then high. you went down. Now, when you were down there, did you start? Did you start getting interested in martial arts when you were getting picked on? I was doing karate. Karate. Now, I did wrestling for one year when I was eight years old. My dad made me do it, mm-hmm. and I didn't like it at the time, mm-hmm. but I'm really glad he made me do it yeah. because that helped me a lot in fights. Really it's a, a weird it's a weird thing with kids. Like, yeah. you know that it's good that he made you do it, but if he, he, might, he, if he made you do it even more, I might, I might maybe just, you would just have hated it. High school, it. I'd be like, I'm not going to yeah. wrestle. High school, I wanted to wrestle, so it's good. So then you, we got to San Diego, and now, and you also played football. Yes. Were you better at football, or were you better at wrestling? Wrestling. I was a good tackler. I was one of the <laughs> top one or two best tacklers. Not the fastest guy. <laughs> not faster than average, but yeah, yeah. Uh, really, my body's not made for sprinting. It's made for grabbing people. Did you start? <laughs> did you, you? You are a mutant. Um, did you <laughs> yeah. start? Did you? Was that so? You? What grade was it that you wrestled in for one year? Was that like sixth grade or something? Uh, oh, you third, said you were third eight grade, years old. Third grade, okay, so, so third yeah, grade. nine years old, maybe. So now your freshman year in high school is the first year that you actually started wrestling. Freshman, I skipped tenth grade because I wanted to focus on weights and football. Mistake, but Hell it's okay. Yeah. Uh, and then eleventh and twelfth grade, I wrestled, and I was varsity eleven and twelve. And I was so regional. you did that well without that much experience. I don't know why, but for me, well, I do know why because you're, <laughs> you, you know, you just joked about being like. Uh, you know, a, a mutant grappler, but you actually literally have 
like you were designed to grapple <laughs> I'm serious man uh, so yeah so Could and be. that that's proof right Could there be. is that you is that you you wrestled you know once when you were eight years old and then you wrestled in freshman year and then I mean there's Skip kids are, there's kids that wrestle their whole lives in there that you're wrestling against yes and how did you do uh, I was re- say South Bay regional champion I took third in county um, I wasn't that good until 1920. For some reason, the submission arts, sambo and jiu-jitsu. There was guys who would beat me in high school. Wait, you said 1920? 1920. 19 or 20. Oh, okay, got Around it, got that it. time, I, I got athletic and coordinated. I was kind of clumsy when I was 17. So there was kids that beat me. One guy beat me, almost tech-falled me, which means Oof. almost got 15 to 2 on me or whatever. Yeah. He was from a local high school. And I faced him in a tournament after high school, and I pinned him in 30 seconds. So I don't know why I just took so off you were like a late reason. late bloomer, and yes. also you have this natural gift that you hadn't started to hone yet, and once you started to hone it, it just started to make sense. It was in your the brain. submission that got me really interested, and uh, just okay, the rules. So, so where did that come that from? Made sense. It I was sambo, right? Sambo, sambo was your introduction. Was to before submission. I did jujitsu. Yes, sambo is for those who don't know. It's it's a Russian grappling style. I would roughly compare it maybe in the middle of judo and jujitsu because they they stress a little more wrestling. Than judo, and a little more submissions. It it's in the middle. Let's say. Yeah. Uh, so I'd I was say doing that it's first. it's sort of like in the middle of wrestling, judo and jujitsu. Like yeah. you got to put all three of them together. It's like a collage. Because you because you wear a jacket. Jacket shorts. But you wear shorts shoes. and shoes. Yeah. Which is which is literally a combination and of everything. <laughs> you can go for footlocks, whereas in judo you can't go for footlocks. Uh, you can go for a single leg, double leg, where in judo you can't do that. So. Um, yeah, where did you hear it. about Sambo? My was my off-season coach named uh, Jerry Matsumoto down at my high school, Hilltop High School in Chula Vista here in San Diego. And in off-season, he was teaching this thing called Sambo. This is right, right before UFC one. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, what's that stuff with the jacket? What's this? And they said, "Oh, this is a submission." What is a submission? I was like seventeen. Oh, you can get your arm broken. I'm like, and I told myself, and this is something that this is one of the not few, several things Jocko and myself share we have in common. I told myself at age 17, even though I was uncoordinated, I said, that's scary. And I, now I have to do it. <laughs> I got to do it now. If I don't do it now, I'm a, I'm a, I'll feel ashamed of myself. So I did it. For some reason, I, guys that could beat me in Greco or, or freestyle, I could submit them. I don't know why. I have no idea why. But it was making sense for me. And uh, then I went to Jiu-Jitsu at Fabio Santos. <laughs> <laughs> and and you were you you say like you were naturally good at sambo, and you were, and you you were like the national champion, two time yeah, national yeah. champion in sambo, right? Yeah, it's amateur at that time. It wasn't really super popular, but that that prepared me in the American rules of sambo because the athletic commission, or the the union, was uh, no twisting submissions, no chokes. So straight foot lock, straight knee lock, and straight arm lock. So you can get good at those That's three submissions. That's the only three submissions? Back then, yes. Because wow. those were the days where they thought, oh, like Steven Seagal grabs your neck and breaks it. You know, You'll so, die. Oh, you <laughs> get choked, you die. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, that ruins war movies. When I see the guy sneak it behind the guy yeah, with the machine the gun, chokes him, and the guy's like done for the movie. I'm like, he's going to wake up in 10 seconds yeah. and shoot you. <laughs> so kind of, I have to kind of separate myself at that moment. But, but yeah, at that time, Right at the time UFC one to peel thought. So it's important yeah. for people to know that there's a key element here in Sambo is that the foot lock, the straight foot lock, and the knee, the straight knee lock, 
was one was the two of the three submissions you were allowed to do. Roger. And you were good at them. <laughs> the the uh, when I started, Higgs would tell you this. Uh, oh, and our good friends Jeff Higgs. Uh, I came in there and I actually was submitting guys and. Uh, but they didn't like that because yeah. I was the so- I was the sambo kid. Oh, like, that's right. That's right. You're the sambo kid, kid for a while. Yeah, for a while. I used to get people in bear hugs from the guard and make them tap. <laughs> I was a, I was a mean little bastard. <laughs> I just cry. I made a. Well, I don't think he's listening, but if he is, forgive me. But his name was John. That's like he was the assistant coach for Fabio, and he was blue belt four stripes. I came in. I got him in full guard bear hug. He's guy. Ah! He, he tapped. He screamed, and then he went. He was crying. <laughs> Bought my back from the guard. <laughs> That's all I knew. So well, I learned to pass. Again, you have some you have some mutated um, structure that is meant Maybe. more for grappling than anything. It's very odd, and and it's, and and I yes. remember you you told me you would like arm lock people in their guard. You'd be in their guard oh, yeah, and you yeah. would arm lock them. Yeah, they'd reach for an underhook. I'd lock my arms and posture. They'd, 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 they'd say, I didn't know you could arm lock someone from the guard. And I'm like, well, the arm's there. And they're like, well, I was taught that's wrong. And uh, well, eventually I learned that that's not the best way to do it. Yeah. But, yeah. And so then it was it UFC 1 where you said, oh, jujitsu, what's going on with that? Yeah, because that was the time when chokeholds were like lethal. Like you're going to die. Well, you realize, not really. The guy, you know, the second USC, no one died. Third USC, and chokeholds actually work. And nowadays, people will, can sometimes say, "Oh, jitsu is it's not the most. It's really it's a base. It's a prerequisite you have to have yeah. to even be competitive." Right. So, yeah, very effective, very effective. And of course, the sport has evolved technically over the years. If you look at uh, technology and technique, are kind of similar. Because they develop over time, the technique of boxing now is different in the '80s, and that's different from the '50s. Football looks different now than back then. Jiu-Jitsu is the same thing. Yeah, right. There's all kinds of things happening right now that no one even envisioned back in 1995. And it compounds faster, right? Like if you watch how fast technology's gotten, has improved. If you watch the jiu-jitsu curve. It's like the new moves, you know. Back when we when we started, there'd be like a new move. The it would Omar be, Plata yeah, it would be move. like, oh my god, this is crazy that this could someone came up with something. And now there's, you know, some blue belt tonight came up with like a sick uh, <laughs> variation of a move, and and that's just the way it works. So yeah. it's like everyone's better. I I started eight months. Before, I don't know, maybe one year, maybe six months before you, and so you for sure had already joined at this time. But the Umo Plata was a brand new move. Yeah. And if someone did that at a tournament, I was like, oh, look, he's doing a brand new move. Yeah. And I would look, take the, the VHS yeah, <laughs> camcorders sure. and look at it. And it was like, oh, that was a highlight. That was like the Barambolo or, you know, now it's the leg locks, of course. So, so did, yeah. what, was it So was it the UFC? That when you watched the UFC, you were like, oh, I got to find a jiu-jitsu gym. And you yes. opened up the yellow pages or whatever. <laughs> no one knows about <laughs> yellow pages. What's that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. Get the I, know, I remember phone. Fabio yeah. used to have, Fabio had an ad in the San Diego Leader. Yeah, that's that's like he was like this. That's where I that's what I remember the Fabio Santos ad in the San Diego Reader. I remember seeing that, but it was Higgs that brought me down. Yeah, because Higgs had been training there for a while. So you you, I mean, you were good fast, right? <laughs> Sometimes, like I'll think, man, I'm really faltering here. Uh, nothing's happening, and then next month I realize I'm twice as good. As I was, yeah, and I'll go. What happened? And then I feel like I'm 
losing ground. I think that's because you're learning. Sometimes you you learn a little bit, but because it's something new, yeah, you have might to be better. You actually go down in yeah. performance, yeah, because you you don't have that down yet, yeah. And then of course you get it down at a higher level of technique. Now you're up to here. I so explain like that a, to businesses a lot. Like businesses yeah. want to implement a new process, and I'm like, you have to tell the people that out of the gate you're going to get less efficient. With you implement a new process, you're going to get less efficient. Then once you master the new process, you'll get more efficient. It's the same thing with jujitsu. You start implementing a new move, you're going to get worse. And then once you master the move or you get good at the move, then you'll start getting better again. Did we... Jocko, so, real fast. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lend to you an analogy for that. That's very simple. I heard nowadays, cur- kids don't even learn cursive now. I heard that. I don't know. But you learn printing. And a few years, you're writing your name. You, they put glitter on it. You give it to your mom. She puts it in the fridge. So it's a little kid writing. But sure. after a few years, you're writing your name and you could write. And say, we're going to learn cursive now. Well... Your cursive looks way more jacked up than your printing, but it's a more advanced form of writing. So you get that down, and then back then, by the way, there's no typing in high school. That was junior or it was college. So in college, you learn typing. Initially, you're just like you're slower than you would write, mm. but eventually, we learn typing. See, so your your performance declines yeah, yeah. until you get a more advanced thing down in your head. And all of a sudden, you can type fifty words, sixty words a minute. Mm. That's a more advanced, more efficient way of typing or writing. So that's a good way. I express that idea to people who may not be in business that simple way like that makes yeah. sense yeah. That's that does make sense I, I'm trying to think analogy. so analogy um, so we you and I I don't know why but you and I immediately started training together like super hard all yeah. the time you were you were one of the guys like I mentioned if I say that's kind of scary oh I gotta do it also if I say it would, it would, it would suck to be mounted I will on purpose start mounted and if we were out of bounds, most people, Jocko's one of the few guys that if we were out of bounds and and I have a good position on him, he will insist we start in the, and I'll, I'll argue to actually like, no, put your arm back where it was because I actually want to have it reset to a, a, what's harder for me. So if I go out of bounds, uh, that I think that's why. And the uh, first time I saw you, Higgs, he's like, I have a friend named Jocko, man, he gets involved. He's just kind of like, man, you'll know. You'll see me just know. And I'm like, okay. So I knew you were coming in, and uh, you walked in, and you were like, Roger, yeah. And first day, you got you got arm locked, and, and no emotion, just you sit like that, turn it, just walk, and, and just... So I was like, hey, it's, it's, it's pretty hardcore, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but you were training hard. You were training hard. I was training hard, too. That's yeah. why. Yeah, I, I remember, I just remember like almost immediately I was training with you a lot. Maybe it's because we were, I don't know. We would we would spend three hours after Saturday yeah. talking on the mat about things and techniques, like literally two hours of open mat, three hours of just, uh, more technique mm. on every Saturday. That's Saturday. Of course, yeah. times were different back then. Yeah. but I was going crazy thinking about the fact, and I, th- there's, and so I don't know if this is, you guys can tell me if this is insecurity or what, but I, like Higgs came to my house, and Higgs was oh. now, Higgs had just got his purple belt, and he came to my house, and he, well, he called me, and he's like, hey, you wanna train? He's like, hey, you wanna train? And I said, <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, come on over, man. And you know, I was bigger than Higgs, and he was long, and he, he's, his legs go up to like his sternum. So his legs, he's like, a, he's a mutant too. And triangle. Yeah, and so he came over, and we went in the grass across the street from oh, yeah. my house, yeah, and he just days. worked oh, yeah. me over. And I was like, 
and so again you tell me if this is insecurity but i was like i never want to have another man be able to impose his will on me like that that is not the I way i want to go through life way to look at things so <laughs> by the time so i literally went down to fabio's the next day and yeah. and signed up, signed up. Yeah. and he's like do you want to try a class and i was like no i just want to sign up unlimited classes 165 <laughs> bucks a month here take my money train and i remember oh i remember you couldn't go immediately into the advanced class you yeah. had to just take the beginners class yeah and I, I don't know if I talked to him or I told him like, hey, I can't get here until later. Sometimes can I just there do we go. it? And he and he was pretty cool. You know, he just said, yeah. And then and so those times where, you know, I just wanted to learn as much as I possibly, possibly, possibly could because I didn't want to be uh, at the disposal of some other human being's will. Yeah. It's an awful feeling. There's some people that don't like that feeling until so they avoid it completely. Yeah. yeah. That's actually the more common. That's the more yeah. common reaction. The more common reaction is, oh, I don't like that situation because I get dominated and I have to submit to another man or woman, by the way. Yeah. I have to submit to this other man or woman and I hate that, so I'm just never gonna get in this situation. The problem is, as we know in life, you can't always avoid those situations and those situations can present themselves and you can't do anything about it. So, so you and I just started training like maniacs. Yeah, and absolutely. The thing I was thinking about for for some reason, even in the beginning, we did no gi. We would take our gis off sometimes, yeah, which we would get yelled at sometimes. Yeah, and and it. and for me, luckily, I would teach guys in the teams, and I would I just would always wear no gi. I would just always wear a t-shirt and cami pants. That was like the standard. I was like, if you want to train, yeah, t-shirt, cami pants, barefoot. And so I was almost immediately training no gi because I was training at the team and I would tr- be training guys even though we weren't highly skilled. But I was at least understanding that there were some nuanced differences because I didn't have the wrestling background that you had. Yeah. That's good because, you know, if you rely upon the uniform only and that's only how you train, no uniform, how are you going to be? Yeah. Yeah. So then the other big thing here is, I mean, we were competing a lot back then. Yeah. We were competing a lot. And those old school jujitsu tournaments were freaking awesome back in the day. <laughs> they were they were super um they were crazy. They were crazy jujitsu tournaments back in the day. The Armenian guy and there was a riot. <laughs> Oh, it was ca- and it was it, it was, was crazy. It was five hundred Brazilians and like twenty Armenian guys. And by the way, my coach, he had a thing with that coach, and and I'm not gonna say what he said, but it wasn't very nice. The guy actually took me down two zero and had me in a foot, like almost broke my foot. But I escaped and I won eighteen to two. The guy was tough, but I beat him. And Fabio's coaching me. Oh, sorry, <laughs> he's coaching me, and of course the other coaches. An Armenian, same as I don't speak Armenian, but uh, for some reason that guy is not an official jujitsu guy, more like a judo, sambo, whatever right. variant. And right afterwards, yeah, right? and because of that, there was a riot and yep. jujitsu, yeah, jujitsu, was, and, and it was because of my match. Hundreds of <laughs> hundreds of people <laughs> chanting jujitsu, and the judo, the the uh, Armenian guys were, but they were actually they were great dudes. They yeah, were hard awesome. fighters, yeah. and like yeah. it was like the Caro Parisian crew. Yeah. It was all those guys. They were wicked hard fighters. They were tough. they were tough as hell, and they were and they were 
uh, connected to Judo Gene LaBelle, yes, too. Yes, that's right. Yep. So it was yep. like total respect, but... I had respect for th- him. Yeah, there yep. was respect. I think the, the disrespect came more from the Brazilian side. <laughs> and, well, I mean, <laughs> well, we were certainly associated with the Brazilians because we had a Brazilian coach and we were doing yeah. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But, uh, yeah, there was, some, there was some mayhem, but... The, that guy, Car- he's in Caro. Yeah. And actually, he's like a mathematician now. He's just, yeah. just like, I'm not, I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm, I'm a doctorate. You know, just... Was, <laughs> Yeah. You find some strange people in the sport. I mean, in yeah. a good way. That guy, he broke two people's feet. This is back in the day when they let it was yeah, a little more hardcore. Was, it was yeah. it was uh, it was it was disrespectful f- to to tap to a footlock. Like yes. you know, yes. like oh, you can't tap to that. Uh, you know, those don't that's work almost. Technical. You know, that's yeah. not technical. You shouldn't tap to that. So guys would just get their foot broken by these. You know, because again, yeah. look at Judo Gene, Gene LaBelle. I mean, his his repertoire of super strong of yeah. of submissions is freaking brutal. crazy, brutal and brutal. And so all those guys were coming in with that whole game plus their whatever sambo background they had, and there were some good good competitions, in, yeah. and it was total mayhem. But so I was thinking like the Machado Invitational, which I think he won that like yeah. four or five times. You no, were the champion. No, I sh- yeah, I think four times. Uh, the Gracie National, you won that a bunch of times. Yeah, you were there. That's right. Yeah, the Grappler's Quest back yes. in the day. That's still going too. Yes, Grappler's yes. Quest. The remember the grappling games. Remember neutral grounds. That's that's the last <laughs> one I had. The last one I had was neutral grounds. That's neutral grounds. That was in the hood. <laughs> it, it was, was in, in a the cage. hood in L.A. Yeah, and and, and, and the cage. <laughs> someone didn't finish the the fence for, uh, correctly. It cut you. The fan, it was. I mean, it, it was straight it was, it was cage match like yeah. WWE. Style. It was in the back in Dudes the hood bleeding. in this backyard, and there's like 200 guys that are just like that and yep. yelling. Uh, no one's throwing anything, but almost. It's so like an MMA style, like like environment, mm. but not punches that day. And there's Rico Rodriguez was there. Higgs. Yeah. I I, I you could be yeah. Did, yeah I went against Rico Rodriguez. Yeah, I lost. Um, you. Didn't you go against? Well, him as well. Against? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see though. Oh my good. Yeah, I had two matches. Higgs also. We both won. He beat yeah. uh, Hickson's guy. Bo Bo, yeah, yeah, he was. He was like a beast. He was. He was one of the. the that the was an incredible Higgs. match because Higgs, Higgs was kind of getting. You know, Higgs was a lot smaller than him. Well, maybe not a lot, but he was thirty or forty pounds smaller than him. Higgs has a little bit. Of, he's. He's. Uh, very confident, but he's a little more reserved. Yeah, and Bo is a little more l- physically intimidating looking. Yeah, he's a goatee and just big yeah. guy, and Higgs just and they went at it, and then yeah. Higgs got him in a triangle, triangle arm lock. Yeah, yeah, That's that right. was that was nice. And who? Yeah, you had, didn't you have a guy that like wouldn't give up? Was that you? Oh no, that was Carl, the same guy against Rico. Oh, and that's he, right. He was out. He, was he unconscious. just went unconscious, but not just unconscious. Where you wake I'm up like thirty seconds later, unconscious, unconscious <laughs> from a grappling match. Bro. His coach is like, "Oh, he's fine." He's, I'm like, "He's okay." He's like, "Oh, he's fine." He's like, he's, just, "He's not moving. He's not moving." And I'm like, "I think I see his chest moving." Also, like, he's not dead. Yeah. I'm like, "Are you sure?" He's, I know he's fine. He's trying to pick him. The guy's like limp. The guy's so tough. Didn't tap to that head yeah. arm, but. Match was over. Yeah. He had to head on for like two minutes. Oh. That Armenian guy was Savage. Tough. And that was when yeah. Rico Rodriguez weighed 300, 300 pounds. pounds. Yes. Yeah. 300 pounds. And I was 170. One, yeah, I used to be 170. Yeah. I faced him. I got to his back four times, and he, he finally got me God. in the head and arm. And 300 pounds is no joke. He, he didn't <laughs> no. get me in the head and arm. 
you and I, I remember you and I on this, on this like random piece of carpet rolled out in an oh, alley yeah. before the fight. And we're, and you're, you and me are just drilling because we knew head and arm was his move. And so you're just going head and arm and, and I'm getting out of it, getting out of it, getting out of it. But he got me in a, um, was it Ghee? Yes, it he, was yeah. gee. He, he had spandex on though. Yeah, he had he had <laughs> spandex <laughs> bottoms and a gee top, and he uh, he got me in a in an Ezekiel from my yes. half guard. Yeah, yeah. Which you never you, you know you know the learning phases of jujitsu when oh, yeah. you go. I didn't know that would work. That was one of those for me. I was like, I didn't know that would work. I didn't think it would work. Like you can't put an Ezekiel on me, my half guard, and then it did. worked. Yeah. By the way, did. just just a side, just a tangent. We're walking to the venue. We parked two blocks down, and Jocko had these sunglasses on. And there was these two ghetto dogs, like and these were pissed oh, off dogs that were barking. Bulls. And Jocko went like this, and he stared the dog, and the dogs went <laughs> like. <that. laughs> it's funny because I'm like 19, you're, you're probably like 25, and the dogs they were they were, they were real confident, and you gave them that. The devil stare, and they they, 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 they kind of backed up. They were still barking, but it, and they needed this. There was a, there was a fence between us, but yeah, yeah. First time I seen a man just punk two dogs with his eyeballs. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> kind of motivated me for the match. Actually, you know what was pretty cool. So this is one of my favorite Dean Lester stories. Uh-oh. You were going against again. It was one of these crazy tournaments, total mayhem. And so we're talking. This is like ninety. I don't know, ninety seven, ninety eight, okay. something yeah. like that total mayhem and you would always get well you'd always be in the finals or the semifinals you know on your way to the finals because you would win every tournament it was freaking ridiculous well not everyone but yeah mm, okay Probably not everyone most, but yeah. most of them <laughs> I would do the absolute too as I usually win my division and the absolute yeah, yeah no it was awesome and I would do do my best which wouldn't be as good as Dean wow, and and so anyways Dean's in this match and he's going against this Brazilian kid and they are they're going at it and the Brazilian guy's real super fiery, right? Super fiery oh, yeah. Brazilian guy. Slapping the and he's going crazy and, and you know, it's really it's 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 head touching, but it's like a head slap. You can hear the slaps happen yeah, and you yeah. can see he, this guy's going all crazy. And he goes after Dean like super hard trying to get a takedown and they fly across the mat and he's pushing and Dean's sprawling boom and they go way out into the stands. <laughs> And I'm I'm the side like in his corner, mm-hmm. and so I just see the both of them disappear into the crowd, mm-hmm. and the crowd's going crazy, and it gets quiet, and the guy comes out, and he's all going crazy, he's all on fire, and he's all ah, he's like come on, let's go, and he goes to the middle of the he mat, smacks and, the and mat he, start, like he gets on his knees and starts slamming the mat, ah, like he's just so crazy, and I and then I look at and then I look back at the crowd where the hole was where they came, oh. and Dean comes walking out, he looks. Totally, completely, literally, he looks like the Terminator. He comes walking out, no expression on his face, comes walking out to the middle of the mat, and then he arm locked the guy like 20 seconds later and just, yeah. the guy was, <laughs> yeah. that, that was, was pretty day. awesome. That was good. And then uh, in, in that time period, right, is when you do the ADCC trials. Actually, we both did ADCC I trials s- in 2000. And three. Uh, well, 2002, I won the, the trials, and then I ended up in Brazil. 2001, these, wait, these... I went to Abu Dhabi. I went to Abu Dhabi and competed. I didn't win that year. Oh, I was okay. Purple, I was a purple belt. Oh, dang. We, we, did, uh, we did several ter- big trial tournaments, uh, some that didn't materialize into actual events. We did several of these things. 
Albert the Qualifiers. That I think that was the first one, 2001, 2002. I think it was 2002. Yeah. And it was here in San Diego, right? Yeah. And at I that had, like nice health club. Yeah, yeah the hotel. And and I, and, and uh, Kenny Florian was there. Oh uh, yeah. Kenny yeah, Florian yeah. was there, and he was super cool. And uh, yeah. And I went against um, Big Country, Roy so, Big Country Nelson, and I think you were division beat up, me yeah. like four to two or something. Yeah. And then you had just the wars. I had uh, this all American wrestler. I don't know, good wrestling. Nate Ducharme, and he he slammed my knee. I, I found out later that uh, he does it on purpose. He lets you get the back, and he he dives and spears your knee in the ground, and it damages your knee actually. So I finished the choke. I registered impact. I registered like that. That kind of hurt, but I I didn't let go of the choke, and he tapped, and I was like, my knee doesn't feel correct, and it. My knee swelled up like this, like mm-hmm. double the size, and I put two, I put two knee sleeves over it, and I'm um, like, I don't know why that somehow focused me. I didn't, I didn't go, oh, I'm hurt, oh, this is my excuse to quit. I went, I went, you know, it would be really cool. This you, is something I did in you, 2003. Psychologically, you like being the underdog, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have less pressure. I think most people like to be the the favorite. I like, I like to be the one that's like, oh, like I can't win. And so I had that the, the guy from um, what's his name from Hensel Gracie's. Uh, from New York, and he attacked my leg. Yeah, went after it, and and he had me straight in the lock. And, and the ref is about to stop. I looked at the ref, and I went like this, <laughs> and he's shaking his legs. He played like college ball. The college the guy was real athletic. Uh, Patterson, Jamal Patterson, he was oh, tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to his back, choked him, and I see in the corner like you're like this evil grin just like shines <laughs> through the crowd. I'm like yeah, and then Layman was in the finals, and I won by points. That one went to Abu Dhabi, or went to Brazil. That, that's yeah. also when. That's also when. Eddie Bravo was at the same yeah, trials. Right. He yeah. won the trials too. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a big deal. And Dave Terrell won his. And Dave Terrell yeah. won his. Yeah. And the one who won the heavyweight was some country boy. I don't know. I forget his name. Yeah. And so we went down to Brazil, and Eddie Eddie took third, but he beat uh, Holy Grace. Yeah. That was yeah. A, that, that that got more attention than me winning the absolute. Yeah. For no, some reason. that was well that was a big thing. Not yeah. for some reason. I mean, yeah. The, 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 reason, is, yeah, the, the reason is the spoiler. Yeah. And. Um, but, but yeah, you went and won the absolutes, which is, you know, it's freaking insane that you won the absolutes. Jocko trained me so hard. Remember the oh, seven yeah, ups on the hard. on the stairs? <laughs> seven ups. These <laughs> damn seven. I'm like oh, seven ups. But seven ups is not like what it sounds like. A pop. I mean, that's seven times up the stairs in under what twenty seconds. Yeah, if you don't get like twenty that. seconds, you do it again. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's my I, my imitation of Jocko. Jocko would do this evil Navy SEAL tactic on me where Dean jump up hit the bar and I'm like okay keep going keep going one two I'm like when are we gonna stop I don't know Jocko has some fictitious number in his head that I have no idea but if I slow down it'd be like 99 100 101 I slow down 100 99 98 I'm like I'm losing my ground I can't stop now and the stairs was like yeah up and down seven times it wasn't a long stairway no, no. maybe three but it was like you have to be up and down in less than 30 seconds, yeah. or you have to do it Again. X amount of times, and yeah, I got in good shape for that. Yeah, then there was, was beams up, up in the top floor. This is when we were at City Boxing in downtown <laughs> San Diego. There was beams and pipes, and like the beams were t- 14 inches taller than the pipes up that you had to jump, so I'd be like, on the beam, 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 pipe, pipe. When he was getting exhausted, I'd be like, pipe, because it was a little <laughs> bit lower. <laughs> but yeah, you were in sick shape, and we would just grab, at that time, so, uh, at that time, I was going to college. Yeah. So I, all I had to do, I, I wasn't, I was detached from the SEAL teams yeah. 
from 2000 to 2003 and all I was doing was going to college and all we did was train jiu-jitsu actually yeah. and we would just train and just train more and then just train after that Jocko's such a maniac he's one of the few guys I'd say hey want to train at 6 in the morning tomorrow um, we'll be there at 5.30 <laughs> because why not why be late you know <laughs> How about nine thirty, nine o'clock at night? Yeah, sure. No, you'll do it, no problem. Mm-hmm. Jocko helped me cut weight one time. Remember this? Uh, I was fighting at one eighty-five for the belt at King of the Cage, and uh, two weeks before the the fight, this is of course a fight now. Uh, Jocko's like, Dean, you look um, kind of muscular. Like, are you you know say muscular? You said uh, you're looking a little beefy, heavy. Like, what's up? And I go, I well, you know, fat. Yeah, it probably <laughs> did. You're looking a little heavy, buddy. And I went. You go, how much do you weigh? I go, I'm 218. And, and you went, Dean, um, what weight are you fighting in in two weeks? I went 185. And uh, Jocko went, really? Um, don't you understand that 33 pounds is like an issue? And I, oh, well, my friend, this is, yeah. <laughs> I was 24, 25 years. My friend Tony's like, oh, yeah, you, you lie down in the bathtub of full of Epsom salt and you lose 20 pounds like in an hour, no problem. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Jocko's like, did you try it yet? I'm like, no. Dean, you mother lazy mother, get some Epsom salt try it tonight let me know I'm like okay I'm all confident I go get Epsom salt I get this <laughs> alcohol like rub me alcohol pour it in the bath I lie down 30 minutes later I get out I lost like half a pound <laughs> <laughs> I'm like not 20 half a pound I go I call Jocko Jocko's like what happened and I'm like or, or input or something some, something like some military like report. like report yes <laughs> Reconnaissance, whatever, and uh, <laughs> field report. So, so I, I'm like Chaco. How much did you lose, you mother? And I'm like, uh, uh, I think I was like three quarters of. I think I, I think I exaggerated. Up. Three quarters. Yeah, I was like, uh, like you mother. Maybe at the beach by my house is where you saw both houses. I don't know. Yeah, Long Branch. Yeah, and I'm at six in the morning, and I go there, and Chaco's like, you know, next two weeks you could have like a can of tuna per day. And we're gonna run in three hours. Jocko ran it with me, by the way. Most people don't do that. They'll like, they'll, they'll yeah. watch you run. He ran me. We ran all around Point Loma. In by the way, we're going to the beach, and I'm um, like, oh, we're gonna run on beach. Jocko just over there, little sea wall. So run to the beach, getting kind of close to the water, and uh, in the water. I'm like, okay. So I go in the water. Jocko's swimming on these cliffs, and I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to catch up with him. I'm not a seal. I can swim. I, I'm, not, I'm a strong swimmer, but I'm not. He's, he had like, like flippers. He didn't have flippers. I thought he did it though. Like he's he out in the surf going around these cliffs. I'm like, okay, I've done that before, but he, he's ahead of me. I'm like tired. I'm like, this sucks because I'm already not eating and uh, whatever. Plus, uh, I was younger. So, you know, when you're younger, things suck more. Then when you get older, you realize it didn't suck that bad because yeah, you're yeah. older, you have this experience. So, from if you're around, all the way to Mission Beach, we're across the bridge, we swam through that. Well, not a very clean river to swim through, but yeah. the San Diego River, we swam through there. A three hour run, not every day. Maybe for two weeks, all the time, and I I lost eighteen pounds, and then of course I lost fifteen pounds of water, and I made the weight. That was terrible. That, that was, was hard. hard but uh, that was hard. And I fought a tough guy too. So yeah, those and you won. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a good day. You know yeah, what? So I got to go back to the uh, when you won ADCC in Brazil because that was freaking amazing. Uh, so there's a couple things. Number one, one of the guys that you faced was a guy named Pedro Pano. Pedro Pano. Yeah. Yeah. And and. I was reading, so I couldn't go down because I was in college at the time, yeah. and it was right in final exams. I couldn't, I literally could not go down with you, and so you were down there by yourself in yeah. Brazil, in enemy territory. Yeah, and 
you're down there and so I'm reading there's something called the it's the underground it's yeah, it's the yeah. it's the mm it's the mixed martial arts.com it's the UG which also has the OG so it's it's an old forum which still exists to this day it used to be called submission fighting and actually yeah. you and I when I was on deployment like way back then you and I would communicate we didn't have email so yeah, you and I would yeah. communicate on submissionfighting.com in the threads and uh, oh, the struggle yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, so I'm reading so what they're doing is someone is translating like an some kind of automatic translation watching, and they're yeah. posting what it's saying and so it was like a literal the Americans uh, in trouble yeah no it was yeah. a literal it was a literal translation and so paid upon means cloth foot is that right yeah, but it's actually a, it's a cartoon, a cartoon character, character or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, this guy Paytapano was a guy that our instructor Fabio would, um, he's unbeatable. He because yeah. he, he, no was this massive guy, and he was a sick black belt in jiu-jitsu. And he's like, yeah, this guy will never be beaten because he's so massive and he's so good at jiu-jitsu. No one could score a point on him. Yeah, actually, he was just a dominator. And how is anyone going to beat somebody that's that big and that skilled? And so Dean, so I'm reading, I remember I'm sitting in the parking lot of, of Home Depot for some reason, and the match is going on, and I'm reading, I'm refreshing it on my uh, phone, and it's popping up, and it's slow, it's like back in the day, right, the reception's the bad, and I'm reading it and, it, and I remember this thing, it says, the, it says, the cloth foot has a choke in deep. The American must have a tube to his lungs because he is not <laughs> tapping. And I was like, yes, Dean. And then you beat him, and uh, man, you beat, and and then you went on a one. That was a that was a big deal, man. Yeah, he beat. I mean, he beat Verdum that day, and then, yeah. well, in their own division, and uh, but he cheated in that match. Oh, by the way, Pedro was the only guy he wouldn't shake my hand. He, not talking smack. He just wasn't a very gracious. Uh, you know. By the way, you can tell a lot about a person. How how they conduct themselves when they win and also how they lose. So True. by the way, he was smashing me when the points didn't count. But he, he was uh, forty pounds heavier than me. So the big guy, six foot six, six foot seven. He's and, six foot six. Yeah, big guy. Dang, yeah. it's two hundred sixty seventy pounds. Yeah, and uh, but he he uh, he he won against Redoom, but he cheated. I, I saw the tape and he put his arm on the. Uh, he was in a submission out of bounds. He cheated when they restarted. So, oh, the, cr- so the crowd, so the crowd was, was angry at him. in a submission about to get tapped. He was tapped. in trouble. He wasn't in, but oh, okay. it, he was on the verge of it being locked in, but he kind of moved his arm so he was, he started in a f- more favorable position. Uh, so that was the one match where the Brazilians were kind of cheering for me. Otherwise, no, they were cheering <laughs> for the other Brazilians. But, so when I won, uh, people were, were kind of like beat, happy. So who was the first match against First him? match was Nate Marquardt. Nate Marquardt. And I got him by Camira. Tough guy, yeah, awesome. God, but, that was yeah. brutal. Yeah, and, and then, uh, then Salo Hibero. And then Salo. And Salo was already the five-time world champion at the time. Yeah. I was a brown belt, so it was kind of, for me, it was weird. I I had less pressure in the harder division uh, where I was the last guy. I was the number 16 of the world. Um, it was, I don't know why, it just... Well, uh, you like I said, you like to be the underdog. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't, I wish I could describe what happened that day because if I could replicate that... I don't know what happened. Eric Paulson said, he said, uh, Dean had a golden aura around him. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see auras yet, but I'm working there. I'm, I'm, one day I want to see or uh, like that gift. Yeah. But. And so these guys, uh, I mean, Salo's like, like you said, five Salo's time. War. I mean, he's one, just one, one of, of the best. One of the best. His brother's Janji. In history, both awesome. of them. Unbelievable yeah. jiu-jitsu players. And then, you've, and then it was Pano. And then in the finals... It was Cacareco. It was Cacareco. Alejandro Ferreira. And he, 
Uh, he's a beast. Yeah, he he's known for. Uh, he actually was a good sport, but he. He, he had the reputation that Tokino has today. He would hurt people. He actually footlocked Zhangji that day. He guillotined Comprito that day. And he beat Fabrice Verdum, also just by coincidence, the same guy, 8-0, 5-0. And then Fabrice beat Pedapano in the third, fourth match. Oh. So so that was kind of like, uh, you know, I guess his <laughs> payback, you know. So he won. So uh, it was a good day. And the finals, I was told, this guy has the best guillotine in the world and the best footlocks in Brazil for sure. And he's the best wrestler in Brazil. So I'm like, I thought about it like, was guil- oh, be careful with guillotine. I thought to myself, I'm not trying to act courageous, nothing like that, but I said to myself, that would really suck. And I go, I'd kind of, maybe I could feel how his guillotine is, you know? And so I grabbed his legs and he went for it. And I was like, let me see how it is. I, not that I wanted, yeah, I kind of, I wanted to escape it. It's kind of weird. Uh, and he went and, to play with the fire. And I was, yeah, and I was in it and he really, I hear, I hear the crowd yelling and I hear the crowd get silent because he, he has me so tight, not over my ears, but I'm getting choked really Somehow, I'm, I guess I'm slightly resistant to submissions. I heard, <laughs> and um, and I, I and I, I'm not saying I, I, I can see the light, the light of the tunnel, and uh, it's, he started getting a little tired. And, and as you soon had as your elbow on his knee, yeah, yeah, that was so that's, could technically control. that was the reason. Yeah. But but uh, I maybe a resistant neck or something. Um, so he eventually got tired, let go, and I saw his eyes. And he was just, I got him. I knew at that moment. And then we started in the middle, and I went for a footlock, and he was real calm. Footlock, and that fifty fifty. Yeah. We didn't call it fifty fifty. Yeah, I said let's try it, and I did it. And his eyes, you can see, he doesn't know what's confusion. going on. And he went, I tap. Well, more of a macho, I. But <laughs> I got him. And then of course, I I actually couldn't believe it at the moment because Abu Dhabi is, well, it's the equivalent of the Olympics for yeah. our sport, and it's the there are Olympic wrestlers in Abu Dhabi. There's sambo guys. There's Olympic judo guys. The best jiu-jitsu guys are in this, and it's. The whole world's invited, and the winner gets 40 Gs, baby. So <laughs> there's no other tournament that pays How that much. How old were you? I was 27. Dang. <laughs> that was a lot of money, man. Well, yeah, you were like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it 40 is. Gs, yeah. And uh, it was funny. Uh, so I'm, I'm number 16, but I, I have no co- – Margarita came down. You keep saying you're number 16. You were the number 16 was, seed. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's how you – I ended up being one. but So I'm warming up. I have no coach. Until Margarita came down for for the the last three matches, I'm shadow boxing. I have no, everyone's wrestling with their coach. I'm just like shadow boxing. I look like a weirdo. I'm, by the way, I, I didn't think I was going to be in the tournament, so I wore my Brazilian tighties because I don't usually fight in the, or compete in those. I usually wear surf trunks, but I'm like ah, in case I'm invited, I'll I put my my sweatpants over these. So I'm in my speed, basically speedos, mm-hmm. warming up shadow boxing all by myself, and I look up and there's. Just only Brazilian girls looking down at me, like and I'm like, oh damn! And one girl goes, "Hey, come here!" And I'm, I should have done it, but you know, this girl could have been on on the cover of a magazine. And I went, she said, "Hey, how, how are you doing?" And my Portuguese was not that good back then. I was like, "Oh, I'm good. How are you?" And she said, in Portuguese, she said, "Oh, you're not Brazilian, are you?" And I said, "No." And she went. Oh, she turned her back and walked. She called me over and then <laughs> turned me away. It's jacked up. So, so I'm like, all right, Lister, stop, stop, focus, focus. And then uh, <laughs> I got through this. Thing, and then at this moment, I don't know why this is, but the champion gets like 95% of the attention. The guy that took second is equal level of me. Maybe he could beat me a different day. I must admit, I'm not going to say I can never lose to that guy. He's really good. But I have a line. A, a thousand people are waiting to meet me and take pictures with me. So I'm, in the, I'm still in my Brazilian's 
tidies, you know. And uh, I'm pants, not, I'm yeah. guys like, hey, what's up? Hey, and girls and hey, kids, and you know, and take a picture. And I, after a half hour, I see this girl like eight people down, going like, hi, remember me? Hi, <laughs> and I, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, mental note, like so. She, she waited, she waited like an hour to meet me, and she finally. With an earshot, she's like in Portuguese. Remember me? Hey, I knew you could do it. She's saying this in Portuguese, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so she gets up to me, and I'm sure the average guy would have would have caved into this, but I I skipped her just like that. And uh, she had this little puppy dog look with this hurt eyes on her. Blooded. That was like <laughs> you were the true champion. Moral victory of that day It was awesome. So the uh, good day. when when you were doing that, I remember. And when you getting ready for that, first of all, we trained freaking hard, like hard. just crazy. And I remember Sarge, since <laughs> to push you hard, as hard as we possibly could, like Sarge, because Sarge's a better Cast wrestler pass. than me, he would do the takedowns with you. And then as soon as you guys would hit the mat, I would jump on top oh, yeah, of you. That's right. <laughs> get, and that way, and get, get you just as tired as we get you. But also, I didn't think about it this way, but man, a lot of times when you and I would be training, like we would just sit there and try and footlock each other for a half an hour. I mean, it would be like it's, which is weird because now that's very common to see. No in, one was really doing that, actually. Yeah, no one was doing it back then. And now you see tournaments, and that's what the tournament is. It's just a bunch of people trying to footlock each other. Yeah, and they'll sit there, heel hook, footlock. And when when we were doing it, that's why. Like when I look back on, it, I was like, no one was doing that. You would never see anyone sit there and trade footlocks and heel hooks for. 20 minutes as and it, we're, we're actually rolling trying to submit each other yeah. but we're just trading and trading and trading and that gave you such an advantage yeah. when you know you knew moves you had techniques that were just no one even understood the position and now you hear uh, John Donaher talking about it mm. you know and, and I heard John Donaher talking about the fact that you know he teaches his guys to get people in a position that the other person isn't comfortable with, right? Yeah. And that's a, that's what you were doing mm-hmm. way way back then was, hey, I'm going to take you to somewhere that you do not understand what's happening and you will be confused and I'm going to crush you. And, and on top of that, you know, your natural, like I said, a, a mutant skills and all that, and it just turns into, a, well, I guess it turns into world championship is what it turns into. That was a good day. <laughs> you know, you know uh, the fifth, it became what I won with the 50-50, I didn't, I didn't have a name for that position. I I was reading Portuguese from some respectable older guys, I won't say their names, but people I looked up to were saying basically, this is a disaster, this gringo, gringo means foreigner, it's not a slur, it just means foreigner, the damn foreigner is coming down here, this is not jujitsu, what the hell, repeated by different people. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I looked at my gold medal and my trophy and I'm like I don't feel so bad actually you know <laughs> but that three months later I hear about a position called the 50-50 I'm like I want to see it and I go oh now it's accepted it's yeah. a Brazilian move now yeah. also the, one, the move I got Solowin no one was doing that knee lock now now it's commonplace uh, Crowbar I forget if it was you or me that came up with the idea but you for sure came up with the name Crowbar I heard in Russia <laughs> Crowbar and they're doing Crowbar in the, with a cage I'm like man that spread around so like, and uh, man all these kind of things um, you know what maybe someone's done it before me but you brought a legit actual military gas mask on the treadmill you're like, Dean, put this on. I'm like, what the hell? And I just, I just, I look like, like from a damn horror movie, like, with the, and so now everyone's wearing gas masks. 
train mask when the yeah, train, yeah. But, train but, but these aren't real gas masks this is actual yeah. <laughs> and you're, I'm running so I was like if you slow down we're adding another 20 minutes I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> I did it I didn't complain but yeah we, we were like doing stuff before most people it was, it was good times yeah was that was pretty awesome and also at this whole time period you were also fighting MMA yeah. and, and you were king of the cage uh, you fought a bunch of fights in King of the Cage. You were the middleweight champion in King of the Cage. Uh, pretty, and then that's when King of the Cage was, was sort of the feeder organization for Pride, which was yeah. when Pride was the equivalent it was number of one, the UFC, uh, in UFC everywhere bottom. in the world. Yeah, you know, it was it was very very popular. The fights were awesome. They had the best fighters. Um, well, I can't say they had the best fighters because they had they had equivalent no, they, fighters of. I, uh, I think they were one notch at that time. I think they were one notch above you. Some of them, but some of them came to the UFC and didn't do as well as well. Yeah, but some guys went to Pride. Yeah, and didn't just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, some, some they work both ways. Different it, rules. I'll yeah. say it's equivalent. I won't say it's better. There we it go. was sure. definitely. It was definitely. So you were in the feeder organization for Pride, and then you, and then you went to Pride. But King of the Cage was third. It was considered the third hardest in the world. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. Well, I don't even think. Yeah, underneath that was just yeah. completely yeah. unknown things. Yeah. And you and I got lucky because. Uh, well, I got lucky because I was hanging out with you, and we would go to Japan, and we saw some pretty, pretty crazy fights in Japan too. We, my goodness, the stories we have. Remember that? Remember that time? Uh, we were at this pool hall, like it's late night, it's like one thirty. I don't know, whatever it was midnight, maybe. We're playing pool, and there's this uh, VIP area. It's a, it's actual a, a pool lounge, and there's a. This, this big Japanese bodyguard there, and what's behind? You can hear music and stuff. And I just try to get in. There. He's like, he's like, like I guess that means no, you can't come in. And uh, we're just there and hoist. That's when <laughs> that's when he had he lost to Yoshida. Yeah, yeah. He's come by with a bunch of, um, let's say, connected Japanese uh, friends, and he sees us. He goes, "Hey, Dean Chago," and gets us in there. And it's it's like a karaoke lounge, and it was Lionel Richie's uh, voice coach. Was singing there? <laughs> Do you I don't really? remember that. Yeah, part. it was it was just nuts. Was like, it, and and um, dude, I met Lionel Richie's voice coach. What's up? <laughs> Hell yeah! That's well, how that I roll. Was, yeah. That we saw. So seeing those big fights in Japan when we saw Nogira fight Bob Sapp. So Nogira Man. was Nogira's a hundred or sorry, two hundred and thirty pounds, and maybe two hundred fifty. Yeah, Bob Sapp's three hundred fifty pounds. He beat the living crap out of. Nogira for however long seven minutes yeah and then Nogira got him in an arm lock Umuplata sweep arm lock that was open crazy the arms. it was in the national stadium there's like 120,000 yep. people in the crowd they had kettle drums do you even know what those are Echo you know what a kettle <laughs> drum is <laughs> just big giant drums and there was a troop of Japanese drum players. So when this thing kicked off, these guys are surrounding the top of the stadium with kettle drums. It was on fire. And Dean and I were there, you know, and we flew, we actually flew over with, with, with Hoist for those things. And Bergen and, was there, I think. Yeah, yeah that's right, man. And, it was just. I think Bergen was in, in the walkout entourage or something. <laughs> you know, he was somewhere else, but just, guys were, were, were parachuting in. Like remember that? Oh yeah, uh, it was uh, Inoki. Inoki, Inoki is yeah. like he's like he has a camera. He's like I'm I'm at twenty thousand feet, and he's like I'm falling, and it, and it's like and all, they come down, and they land like in the ring. It was pretty crazy. It was good crazy. Times. Yeah. And then you ended up, you know, obviously since you were the king of the cage champion, you ended up going to Pride. You had some yeah. sick fights in Pride. You fought. Uh, well, you beat Soji. Yeah, and he was a he was like a warrior. Yeah, was and then you guy. had a beast of a fight against Arona. Who, I also faced the this. Uh, Oh, and then I, I 
well, I didn't get to fight Paulo Filho because he got his um, he got his leg broken. Um, but I also fought uh, Amar Sula from Russia. Oh, Sounds yeah. like some of these things sound like I'm making them up, but he legitimately became a hitman for the Russian something, <laughs> the syndicate in Russia. He killed a couple politicians and um, they arrested him because apparently you can't do that. And mm-hmm. is he, that confirmed? He died in prison of cancer. And in Russia, if you kill a few politicians, they just go, we're not going to take care of your cancer too much. He just ro- let him rot away. He died like, died like two years ago. So Dang. he's in prison. That guy, you've seen him before. Just His nose was just yeah, yeah. probably broken. That guy became a hitman. And uh, so I fought that guy. And uh, Arona, was that was a hard match. That wasn't, I'll take ownership of the situation. I'm not, I'm not making any excuses. But explanation-wise, it was not, I was not my normal self for that fight. But it was a hard fight. I lost by decision. It was good. It was good. Hundred thousand people in the crowd. It was yeah, awesome. That was you walked crazy. out <laughs> in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> My friend Tim, uh, Tim Comas. Tim Ford. Timmy. The oh, guy in the mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Com- Tim Comas now. Isn't oh he? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back then it was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. True. He, uh, he made. I walked into one of the songs. Yeah, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> and Hans was there. It was good. It was good times. Yeah. <laughs> Brent was there. Yeah. And then. <laughs> And then eventually you get picked up by UFC. Yeah. So I transferred at the right time. Yeah. Two thousand five, six. I just transferred. It was and a perfect time to transfer. Actually, had some good scraps. I was actually in in overseas now because yeah. I was back at a team for a while. So I was kind of out of the uh, out of the fight game for a little bit. It was still training. Yeah. yeah I trained of when, when I was with you, but um, you had a bunch of fights in UFC. By the way, make sure. That I, I don't forget to tell the kill Jocko story. I got to tell that story later. But we'll just tell it right now. <laughs> well, I'll see. But but um, okay. So I was not. Maybe I was in Pride at the time. Jocko went to I don't know, Afghan. You were somewhere. I think it was like, a, I think it was my first deployment to Iraq for a couple months. And uh, well, then it was maybe I was just doing the no, work. Ma- maybe if you, I'm not sure. But you were gone, and um, you come back, and my mom had this uh, medication. I, I had acne and I'll take this. It was some kind of antibiotic helped it, but it, I didn't know it made me really weak and uh, took my endurance away. This is actually true. This is not an excuse. This, no, this is an excuse. That's fine. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, so Jocko comes back and I'm, I'm not really feeling like a Jocko's like, let's train. I'm like, okay. And Jocko like kicks my ass and Jocko's like, literally he's angry. He's like, you lazy mother. I, I'm in the desert. I'm doing this. And you're, you're sitting on your ass here in San Diego doing nothing, and I kick your ass, and what? And I'm like, eh, I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm like ashamed of myself because, because, and then you go away for like a month somewhere, you're gone, and I'm like, and I, but that medication was at ten days, and I stopped taking. I feel strong again. I'm like, oh, I understand now. So I'm training. I'm like, mother, when the guy comes back. I can't wait for this. I made a CD. It's kill Jocko, and it was had like corn and metallic, and all these like. And so Jocko came in. I'm like, "Hey, Jocko!" And I put the CD in, and we trained. And that was my day, I guess. <laughs> I think I was like talking shit, dude. Like you, yeah. Dean is a <laughs> my good, feelings were hurt. Good at talking. About. And here's what sucks for me is so if if both of us are on point, I'm get I'm catching a beat down. If so, if both of us are bringing our A game, I'm uh-huh. catching a beat down. If Dean's bringing his A game. And I'm bringing my weak game. I'm catching a beat down. If I'm bringing my full A game and Dean's having a horrible day, I can do like barely okay. So it's you, like you, you have your days, brother. You have your yeah, days. You know? the, the day, the really good days that I have are are very. Few. I have to. I have to earn them. I'll put it to you that way. I have to mm-hmm. earn them. And um, then so so you do UFC. 
You do decent UFC. You had some tough yeah. fights. I was, you had some I was good top fights. Top three, four ranked in my division. Uh, my my only two losses by decision was Nate Marquardt and Yushin Okami, and they both after that fight fought Anderson Silva. So I was two times right there fighting for the belt. Yeah. I was top five, top four. No, I don't care top. But I fought to fight Anderson Silva, and I lost both those matches. But the the other four, I won. And uh, my first fight was Elisa Sakara, who's from Italy. He's a really tough fighter. Fat. He probably the fastest hands, and. Actually, I figured this out later. I was the underdog, but they were actually trying to feed me to him. He was going to fight Chuck Liddell after oh, you he beat were me. Stepping stone. Well, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. supposed to be. And uh, I screwed up. The they were already planning like he's going to fight Chuck Liddell because he has probably he has faster hands. He probably Chuck has a really good chin, better wrestling, but Sakara has faster hands, better boxing. So they're going to oh, have them fight after. That's what I heard. But um, that day, I I got in the same triangle. I got uh, Shoji Akira in. And uh, but he tapped uh, Shoujo here went to sleep. Mm-hmm. So both my debuts were won by the same move, and uh, against tough guys. So then I fought uh, another Japanese opponent. I fought a Bulgarian Olympic wrestler. I fought Nate Marquardt, Yushin Okami, and I fought Jeremy Horn. So six fights in UFC. So my career has been focused on jujitsu more no gi is because when you do MMA you don't you don't have a gi or a kimono mm-hmm. on. So you're kind of wasting your time if you're training. And that aspect, and you don't have a gi on, you how to grab the belt, how to do this, you're kind of wasting your time. So, yeah, I've uh, distributed my time between mixed martial arts and grappling, jujitsu. And and you weren't done either because you went back in 2011. Yeah, you went back, and well, 2009 was that 2009? 2009, we were in Barcelona, Spain, Barcelona, and um, yeah, I was just. Well, coming out bicep surgery it wasn't my yeah. wasn't my year, yeah. Yeah, and, and those uh, were some close matches. I mean, I was thinking about it. You, double overtime to yeah. Vinny Magalhaes. Yeah, and we next year we both won our divisions. Yeah, gold medal. So it was the first match in the absolute, and he yeah. won. It was double overtime, zero zero, and well, yeah, the judges. We were looking at each other like, ah, and they raised his hands. <laughs> Wait, so. who did he have an umapod on you, or did you yeah. have an umapod? I think on that's him? why he won because I had, I had him in two foot locks. Oh, that's right. You had him in two foot locks. He had yeah, him in one But the Umpads are more jujitsu ish. Yeah. I think that's why. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, 2011, I, I don't know why. Probably was a harder tournament, but I'm not saying it wasn't easy. The golden, simp- the golden simple. aura came back. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea why, but I, yeah, I just showed up and first match, it was a hard match, actually. It was my friend Augusto Ferrari from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Very right. tough guy. Um, I thought that I'm top three or four seated, right? I was wrong. He was. He was like three, and I was number fourteen. Because now I'm a thirty. I'm thirty five, and he's like twenty five. So like, oh, this, get this old guy out get of here. Get the old probably, guy. Yeah. Knock him out of this thing. <laughs> I won. I'm like that was the one of the lowest ranked guys. That was a hard match by points. Second guy was the European <laughs> champion. I full locked him like two minutes, and then we have one day to rest, and I'm facing Rodolfo Vieira, who's and, um, Total beast. No one could beat this guy, and uh, he's like 21, and I'm 35. <laughs> and this, it was it was it was in Nottingham, England. I can't I can't do that accent, damn it. But Nottingham, England, we were there, and uh, at the hotel, I popped my rib. Uh, I, I didn't want anyone to know my ribs popped like it, it, during it, the it, match. Yeah, uh, uh, during the match with the Polish guy, Radek Turek, European champion. He, he tried to fuck me. And I turned out of it, I popped my rib, and I got his heel, and I'm like, my rib is is unsat. It's it's, it's not it's not up to, it's not up to standards, you know. So I'm like, it, it hurts right now, and I'm warm. I'm like, 
so I sat down. I waited for everyone to leave the arena so they wouldn't see me like limping home mm-hmm. to the hotel. So I didn't want to see, you know, appear strong when you're weak, mm-hmm. appear weak when you're strong. So I was, let's say, weak at that moment. I don't want people to see that. So I got kind of walked real slow back to the hotel, and this guy's downstairs. Hey, hey, Dean, you're, you're, you're facing world of fear tomorrow. I'm like, yeah. Do you know how good that guy is? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I heard. No, do you actually understand what you're getting yourself into? I'm like, okay, just stop it, man. Just get the fuck, get away from me, you know? And uh, I'm like trying to get in my head. But it kind of motivated me, actually. I like I like the feeling like, oh, they think like I'm Like I lose. said, you like to be an underdog, man. The next day I showed up. Oh, and I saw Rodolfo Vieira. He was competing with, with spandex on. I'm like, oh, yeah, because <laughs> it's harder to slip out of leg locks. Mm-hmm. Next day, no shirt and no spandex. <laughs> so yeah. someone told him something. So I faced him. And yeah, he's, you know, he's like the future of the sport. Awesome, uh, great sport as well. But I got him in, a, I think, uh, four minutes. I got his heel in the 411. Mm. which no one was doing at yeah. that moment. So my 50-50 and 4-11, those were two of my nine lives of innovation. That After I, I did that, people I started doing it. Yeah, yeah, of course. But when I did it, no one understood what was going on. Just so confusion. it was like a, it was like a secret weapon. Just total secret confusion. Weapon. Yeah. And then Joan Cisse also, he beat Jeanji. Uh, he took him down and mounted him. So beat someone like Jeanji. Joan Cisse is also super high level. And, uh, but he, See mental mental games. Um, I'm older. I'm ten years older than Joao. So I went to uh, uh, now at the time I speak good Portuguese. So um, and in his corner was Leozinho Vieira, <laughs> and Leo knows my he knows about footlock guys. So so I'm like uh, and I heard that Joao has good footlocks and whatever. So I'm I'm kind of talking like to him. I'm like hey, but I put my pay. I'm saying my foot's right here. Come on. And I'm uh, wiggling in my feet like in his armpit. Like go for it. And he's like. He goes, I don't think so, man. And then Lee was like, No, no, like yelling. <laughs> but, admit, but I could see before the match, like he, he's not, he's not cocky, but I could see he has a little pride. I could just tell mm-hmm. him he's younger than me, so I'm like, I'm play that that game. I'm like, let him play my game, you know. He has good footlocks, but that's my yeah, forte, yeah. let's yeah, yeah. say. So eventually, I'm like, Hey, man, it's right here. I heard you have good footlocks. I, I was too much. He, he went for my foot, and then <laughs> <laughs> so you goaded him. him into doing yeah. that. But it's like psyops, right? <laughs> See, the thing is, like, right? When you get older, you got to use those little tricks. Yeah. You know, sometimes. Yeah. Wait, so, so you good. did that thing where when they go for your foot, yeah. that well, opens it, up it, your it's, it's like your punch foot me. Lock. Come on, punch me. I'll punch you back, but right, you get the first right. punch. Yes. But I have to be confident. I can take a punch, right? Yeah. Well, I'm somewhat confident that I can resist a leg lock or counter in time and, and it all worked you know it's funny because it, i'm sitting here laughing at laughing at that but you do that to me yeah, me yeah. and after yeah, but like you no know, you don't you don't fall for it though yeah, yeah but yeah, then yeah. like i will I'll, yeah eventually <laughs> like I'll, I'll be like I'll, i can get this and i'll yeah. just go for it and then you'll you'll get you'll fall on me from yeah exactly i get greed that's jocko's sin greed went back again in uh 2013 for 13, again took silver to Juan. He, he yeah. won that year yeah. he won that yeah. year how did he win I went for, and I talked to the referees afterwards. It wasn't their fault. I went for a leg lock, and he used that exact moment to sweep me. I did it wrong, though. I got greedy that time. He had the arm position. I went for the wrong move. Technically, if the referees knew I was going for a leg lock, it's not a sweep. But now he's up. I'm down by points by one point. I have him in a triangle, and he's really strong. He's flexing his lat. I'm like, I have 30 seconds. I'm not, I have him locked in triangle. But his arm's on the opposite side. I'm like, you know what? He's going to muscle this out, win by one point. So I open up my full guard from the bottom, turn on my stomach, he got my back. So he actually won uh, four, four, four. Uh, so you were trying to five create to one. something? Yeah, because otherwise I can mentally be like, you know what? A little thought races through your mind. You know, I I, can, I know I'm going to lose, but I can always say I would have submitted him. Like, you know, but 
I'm going to lose. Mm-hmm. The only chance I have, really, unless I have another two minutes, then it's different. I, so I had to take a chance. It's a one in 10 chance, and mm-hmm. it didn't pay off. You know, I took silver. I was really upset about taking silver, but in the end, Abu Dhabi, silver's not too bad, right? No. no. You're second best in the entire <laughs> so world. Three, that's that's three-time gold, one-time silver. So. And then you did the absolute that year, too. Uh, did right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So and that's one of my favorite matches that you've ever done is against Buchecha, even Buchecha, though you lost. Buchecha, it was tied up zero zero for nine minutes, and he he's like twenty two. I'm thirty five, and no, I'm thirty seven now. And man, it was I was just weird because everyone's intimidated. Well, he's a he's a very humble, Dude, he's great a guy. Beast, yeah. But but people are he's really strong and athletic, and very technical. So I was like, okay, be careful of this. I'm like, be careful. I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him my leg. You know, I just walk out hopping after him my leg, and he's like, what the hell? <laughs> and he grabbed my leg, took me. Now there's no points. He had me in his two submissions. I had him three submissions. It was awesome. At the end, I took him down, got mounted, but my foot was stuck, so it didn't count. And he upa, which means shoulder roll in Portuguese, over. That's two points in Abu Dhabi. Wait, upa means it actually. Well, it actually means shoulder roll, I, or is that just? I thought it was, was just a noise that thought well, maybe that, everyone. That's, o, that's opa. Oh, okay. Upa is is shoulder roll, but and if you talk to someone who doesn't do jujitsu, upa doesn't mean shoulder roll. It means it's a jujitsu term. Okay. Uh, uh, so upa means shoulder roll. Yeah. Oh, escape them out. So he did that, and he's the one damn Brazilian who has a wrestler bridge. Like he bridged up on it, it took me over, and I'm like, God damn it! And I know that move from like when I was 14 years old. But he took me over, and now he's in my full guard. He's up 2-0, and he won like that. So it was a good match. That's a, a good, match. good match. That's yeah. on YouTube. Go watch that match. If you want to just see. We were exhausted. Yeah, that that is that is just a beast of a match. It's I, a beast of a match. I could not. I'm not saying could, yeah, I couldn't move my shoulders afterwards. And I'm like, this is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. You, yeah. It's weird because you had injuries along the way, yeah. obviously. But like, you had, how many knee surgeries have you had? Two. And, and but those were when you were pretty young, right? Yeah, but uh, as I got older, it's like my shoulder, my bicep. I, you were there in the gym when my bicep snapped. Yeah, that was terrible. That Sparring. Was, yeah, I was a lot of people were like, the "Were like, oh, this is done, undisputed." Done. Yeah, undisputed. Yeah, I was the guy was blocking with his elbow. He's trying to knock me out, so I was like, "Oh, I'll knock you out." And was going too hard. I wasn't really warm yet, and I hit his elbow with my bicep and it snapped. Yeah. Terrible. I'm like, I didn't know you could snap your bicep, but you can. Yes, you Confirmed. can. Confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Double confirmed. Double confirmed. Yeah. What do you do when you when like when you got an injury? What's what's your philosophy around trying to get it to heal? Because people get injured during jujitsu, you know. Yeah. It's it's difficult for me because, but I can try to make it as simple as possible. See, jujitsu, boxing, any kind of a confrontational thing, which you are an expert in in the military, but also in jujitsu. I mean, even if it's not. Uh, fun because you're getting smashed you're not bored you're not bored so you so can't train jiu-jitsu me now I know we're different I personally don't like looking well, at myself in the mirror I don't like that at all but and with weights I, I get bored personally mm. I want to have someone trying to hurt Smash me I, hurt, and I don't want to get yeah. hurt but that at least I, I can be mentally immersed in, in the issue um, so th- that makes it hard for me so personally I I focus on other things like learning languages or traveling or doing seminars, things like that. How many languages do you speak? Everyone's oh, team speaks seven languages. No, I, I speak three in the way that I can make jokes, I can argue, and I can spell, I can write, and I can read uh, Portuguese, Spanish, and English. French, I can, uh, I can have a conversation, but I'm not smooth. I have a big accent. I couldn't make jokes, and I, I 
couldn't effectively argue unless someone sounded like Borat. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I could I could do that. Maybe I I would sound like a Croatian was uh, Mirko Korkop's coach uh, for like seven years. Uh, like survival. Like I want to go there. How are you? Like you know. Yeah. So uh, three or four or five depends on your definition. Even German, I can kind of get around a little bit, but it's just on the street asking for directions and stuff like that. But it's not good. So three, I guess three. I'll say three. Three solid. Let's talk some jujitsu philosophies. Jujitsu, gi or no gi? That's like saying, um, "What do you like doing better? Uh, long distance running versus sprinting, or uh, judo versus wrestling, uh, kickboxing or boxing?" They're just different sports. They're related. They're similar. There's a lot of mechanical uh, similarities. So ogi is better for. Uh, it does help you to get a tighter style, but if you're wasting, not wasting. Listen, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna be doing no gi, and I know, I know some. I don't know if anyone watching knows knows the significance of this. A wrestler knows right away this is wrong. This is a this is the a gable grip. Mm-hmm. This is the S grip. They're fine. This is the BS grip. It doesn't <laughs> work. A lot of world champions that only train they're all over uh, sleeve and belt. They grab like this mm-hmm. because they're taught to rely upon the uniform. So if you rely upon the uniform and you don't have the uniform now, eighty percent of your tools are gone. So I think it's good to do both. It's normal to, to prefer one over the other, but don't discount. Uh, no gi is more technical and faster in the transitions, absolutely. And the fact that you you can slip out of something easier means I had to uh, transition to the next move faster. But gi has more options. I, I have many chokes I can do. I can grab my own belt, wrap it around your wrist. You can't do that without gi. Uh, so that's only, so. Some people say, some people say, Gi is more technical, but I don't yeah. believe that it's more technical. Different. There might be, I guess, no, I was going to say maybe there's more techniques, but there's not. There's, it's equal. I just think they're equal. Yeah. And they're equal and technical because to hold someone down with the gi is a lot easier. You get yeah. someone across yeah. side with the gi, like you're going to hold them down. You get across side with someone with no gi, it's a lot harder to hold them down because there's nothing to hold on to. Yeah. And so, so it makes it harder. That's why I think no gi makes your offense better. Gi makes your defense yeah, better that makes it's sense. harder to slip yeah. out of things. Yeah, if you're in a submission with gi, uh, it's hard to slip out of the. You know, you can get lucky. It's really hard. You're not really going to slip out of things. Also, if you train with wrestling shoes, it's different. If you, hey, with the fatigues, it's different. Yeah. Training with the Marines, uh, with the team guys, or I train the police, whatever, down in Brazil as well. I mean, they train like how they are on duty, you know. Yeah. So having someone with a you know, fatigues on. They still call them fatigues? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I, I usually just call them camis. Camis. That's that's cute. <laughs> Sorry, dude. That's what I called them. I'm not camis. To... Get your camis on. Yeah. BDUs. I never. There we go. Yeah. BDUs. BDUs. <laughs> I, I don't know. We all. I, everyone I know, we just call them camis. Fatigues. Maybe it's cute to you. Pull guard. <laughs> Should a human being pull guard in a fight? No. Oh, unless it's a controlled like you see, I pull guard in one, but that's because there's one person right there, and their forte is striking. And mm, to the end of my towards the end of my career, people wouldn't fall for that. They just get get the hell away from me. But I, I've won a few fights where even one, the guy was across side on top. And he could have just got away from me, but he, he proceeded to attack me, and then I reversed and, and triangle arm locked. It was uh, James Lee; he's my friend now, uh, very tough guy. But he, you know, he engaged my strength. Uh, so you could same thing like Krokop, probably the most notorious 
uh, high kick in history of uh, MMA. You know, he broke a lot of grounds with that. Average guy, you wouldn't say, just throw a left high kick to the head. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not going to work that well. But it works if you do it really well. I wouldn't say it's a good strategy in a fight, but it's good to do because you get to a situation where you're familiar, you have hold, you have your legs and your arms engaging the opponent, and you can work from there. But you have to have a good guard. You can't just, oh, I'm going to sit on the bottom and be good. Oh, but across my feet, and I'm fine. No, you get beat up in a fight. Yep. So if you're, if you're good there, you can do it. It's not a general th- thing I would recommend, though. Yeah. You know, it's, I was just remembering that when you fought Nate Marquardt in the UFC, that was what bummed me out about yeah. that. Is I, I, I can hear Jackson going, yep. do not throw a punch. Yep. <laughs> so yep. I pull is, guard and he's just like, um, so, stick to the game plan. I'm so like, Greg Jackson, it. who is a really smart strategist. Yeah, really smart. And I'm kind of like, you know, your strategist. Yeah. So it was like my strategy, I'm supposed to be cornering you and telling you what to do strategy-wise. And Greg Jackson is on the other side telling Nate what to do strategy-wise. And after the fight, I was, even during the, well, that's what pissed me off was that during the fight, I didn't recognize quickly enough what was happening. And what was happening was Nate Marcourt was just not moving. So all he was doing was waiting for the referee stand up. Yeah, and it came. Exposed yeah. nothing because, you know, Nate was better on the feet. He's also a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's, yeah, good. he's, he's, he's awesome yeah, he's at jiu-jitsu, good. but he didn't want to play around. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. No, why take the chance, right? The chance is there's a, there's a, yeah. a much higher percentage of him getting submitted than it is of him getting knocked out by you. Yeah. So he would just literally hold Dean and wait. And I got strategically beat by Greg Jackson. Now, I love Greg Jackson. I think he's an awesome guy and I've hung out with him. He's a super guy. And like it bummed me out that he tactically, he strategically beat me um, with that plan, which was, hey, we're just going to hold and we're going to wait for the referee stand up. And it was something that we didn't train for. Yeah. We didn't train for it until later. Then we started training for like, okay, the, the other thing we had to start training for is someone that runs away from you, right? Because yeah. a lot of guys, they would they would just try and get away from you. That's all they wanted. Yeah. And and so that's that's very difficult to contend with. I wish that we could like have a fight like in an elevator or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, <laughs> a, in, a, in an like old elevator fighting championships, D-list <laughs> or champion because I can't get away from yeah. me. Or like in a movie theater, like I'm sitting next to you, ready, go. <laughs> that's a, that's a problem. You know, it's, I like that range. It's, it's my style. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's you, high roll. You were meant for that. <laughs> you were meant for that. Do you? What do you think about when you see? All the footlocks, that's become such a huge focus of the game um, right now. I'm kind of like, I told you so. <laughs> because, I, I, you know, you were in the middle of this. Oh, yeah, for sure. I had about 10 years of, yeah, you're doing good with that somehow, but we don't, you know, that's wrong. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, Jerry Costa, who's yeah. Kid Peligro. Yeah. He actually told me when I was blue, he goes, you know, Dean, this footlocks, it's kind of like tacky. <laughs> and when I won, he was there in Brazil when I won. He walked. He went in English. He's Brazilian, but he, he was Lister. Thank God you didn't listen to me. My bullshit. He's <laughs> awesome. He's a great guy. He is. But, he's awesome. But he uh, at the time it was just uh, that was the way. And yeah, I do use some cliches, but some cliches make sense. Uh, when you know the rules, now you can break the rules. Yeah. If you don't know the rules. Mm, so yeah. I knew the rules, and you can get away with doing that because no one else is doing that. And sometimes I break rules because I, I don't want to react in a way my opponent will predict so easily. So I'll do something wrong because it's unexpected. I'll do something that, well, those who don't do, do jiu-jitsu may not understand this, but I'm in your guard. I'll reach my arm down inside, like I'm a white belt, mm. knowing you'll go for a triangle, yeah. 
and then you do I'm around your guard. Yeah, no, no, I know you. I wouldn't teach that to white belt. They'll get caught in triangle. See, yeah. so I do things like that just because it's weird, and maybe I'm weird too. But yeah, so that's my style. <laughs> a little bit, but yeah, leg locks. Yeah. What do you think about uh, some people talk about the self defense techniques of jujitsu? And or the lack of self-defense mm. techniques for jujitsu. Oh, now, yeah, what I yeah. will say is this: I've been in some self-defense classes that you're yeah. teaching, and you don't focus it on a lot, but occasionally you'll do a self. And, yeah. I, and I act almost every time you teach one of those self-defense classes, I pick something up. I learn yeah. something. Okay. Well, I, I uh, it is true. When we were young, starting, it was from born from the UFC. Let's see, motive. It was like, oh, Hoist Gracie, that was the main thing. Hicks and Gracie, you know, Valley Tudo. And back then, at least your coach could fight or has been in fights. And I'm not criticizing anyone, but it's a martial art. Martial being what? War, confrontation. I'm not saying you want to be in con- be confrontational or be in fights, but if you can't use jiu-jitsu to defend yourself when it counts most, and I don't know if yeah, it's, it's not really a martial art anymore. So, yeah. Um, on the other hand, if you think that I've had people tell me this, oh yeah, I didn't. I, I saw you. You're a good fight in UFC, and, oh, but you know, if you tried at me, I poke your eyes, mm-hmm. and I go, okay, mm-hmm. thanks for letting me know, warning me, because that's kind of scary. I could poke their eyes too. I don't tell them because yeah. childish argument. <laughs> See, if if you do one class one time, you know that's why you have to roll and do it. You know, for boxing. You need someone actually throwing punches at you and learn how to stop those and move away from the punches. Just hitting a bag or brick not hit back, you know? So (laughs) if if anyone here listening is under 25, no one's going to understand what that means. But so having this, putting yourself in hard situations, jiu-jitsu is all about problem solving. You know, you get to a situation and you learn how to solve the problem. You get relaxed and you learn to deal with this. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to know how to relax, how to conserve your energy, as you said, knowing when to attack. There's psyops, there's, there's mental tactics, there's, uh, you know, you can tell a lot about a person, uh, how they fight. You can see if they're dirty, if they take shortcuts, if they have a temper, you can see if they're patient, you can see if they're explosive, you can see if they're lackadaisical, uh, lackadaisical. you can see a lot of things about someone if they're greedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. He, Dean, he's gonna Dean uh, <laughs> accuses me of being greedy. Greed. And he's right. I will get greedy with a move and I'll hang on to something that I shouldn't hang on to mm-hmm. and I'll end up in a position that I shouldn't be in and then Dean will immediately start going greed, <laughs> greed. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> well, you know, you can tell a lot about a person by how they fight. And also how they handle the defeat and how they handle the victory. Um, that's why I don't do it as an outward display, but every time I win against someone, I, I never run around yelling. I, I, I check on them. And if I was to lose, I shake my opponent's hand. Uh, I'm not There's nothing. I'm not saying anything admirable about that, but, but that's something I always strive to be is someone that's respectful. And you can see, as you said, humility is taught. And if people don't like to be humbled, they're probably not going to last very long doing a martial art, especially jiu-jitsu, because it's such a close and personal, like, you got owned. Like, that there's arm, no escape that arm belongs to Jocko There's now. no debate. Yeah. There's no debate. You just got tapped out. You can't lie in a fight. You, you just got tapped out. Now, with some other martial arts, it's like, well, you know, if this was a real fight, I would have done this yeah. or that, or if I would have punched him harder, I would have done something else, I would have done something different. It's like... You just got you got put in a position where this dude could have ripped your shoulder apart, yeah. or put you to sleep and killed you. 
So, so there's there's truth in jujitsu, and that's why it's so humbling. So I said you could tell a lot by how someone is. Uh, okay, if we have a sport like okay golf or sprinting, okay, these these are all sports and they're good, but I don't know you how someone uh, swings a golf club. I can't tell too much about their personality, but if someone takes a punch and they look right back at you and they punch you back, yeah, that person's a there's something about that guy that's different than the average guy who turns away and runs away, okay? Um, if someone tries to arm lock me and I relax and I escape, uh, I time it correctly, okay, there's timing, there's technique, of course, makes some kind of sense. Um, I don't know, uh, back to the self-defense aspect. Yeah, I think I think you should be prepared for a worst case scenario. And actually, for some weird reason, now that I can fight, I don't, no one even, messes with me I, I don't I don't go I'm not going around trying to pick pick fights with anyone but for some reason like no one even tries to fight me right now I wonder why I'm not I'm, <laughs> but you know I, I've noticed you look this, like a mutant bro <laughs> uh, you know you know in Japan Russia Brazil whatever Croatia any, any country you can imagine I've been to for some reason and I'm I'm by far like not a, um, a criminal or something like that but for some reason you get you get a lot of these gangster mafia type guys that are fans and you end up hanging out with these guys and it happened in Russia I'm not glorifying anything but these guys you wouldn't even know they're gangsters these guys are powerful these are powerful guys you don't want to anger and also Jocko himself Navy hey Jocko what do you do I'm an investor um, Jocko were you in the Navy yes I was in the Navy <laughs> Jocko what did you do in the Navy well I okay I was a SEAL you know? <laughs> whereas maybe a 19 year old kid who wants to be a SEAL will be like I'm going to be a, you know he's going to say it and a young fighter or a, a, someone who wants to be a fighter is going to be like yeah US, I'm a USC fighter you get a really established fighter he's not not going to usually say I'm a fighter I, I break people's arms and nah, it's not usually that way also some of the richest people I know you wouldn't know they're rich because but I, I've met girls I've dated girls who they, they have one nice dress they're poor as hell, but they look—they look like they're rich when they're going out. <laughs> they're trying really hard to look rich, right? So it's interesting how how when when you understand things more, it's like I don't think you have to. This sounds corny. Prove it. I think you just you just you have a higher understanding about that the, the confrontational uh, of human beings. I've talked about how when you roll with someone you've never rolled with before, you meet someone, yeah. and as soon as you make contact with them. As soon as you clinch up with them, you can tell, you can tell what's up. Yeah. You can you can kind of tell, like, okay, this is going to be this guy knows what he's doing. This this person doesn't really know, or they're okay. Or wait a second, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm going to find out pretty quickly. Remember Sasha? Yeah, dude, his aura was strong. Yeah, dude, his Sasha, aura was way strong. Sasha, is he looked like Shrek. For funny, real. But, yeah, no, he's he a Croatian beast, bro. If if you got Shrek and like took away his green skin, but like a pale polar bear white skin on yeah. him. Uh, yeah, he looks like a Shrek. And he, actually, he wouldn't mind me saying this because no one really knows his full name. Um, he was Krokop's main training partner and uh, he he didn't speak English. He speaks Spanish. He served uh, some prison time in Spain <laughs> for uh, a felony, let's say, okay? <laughs> and so we were talking in Spanish the whole time and he came to San Diego, visit, that's how you met him. Yeah. And that guy, you know, the first time I had trained with him at Krokop's gym, Krokop has a gym under his house. It's a full gym with a cage. What do you think Sasha like weighs? 
230 probably. Dude, he's got to weigh more than that. His head and neck are the size of this table, bro. But he's 5'9", 10, you know, and he has really good hands. That guy's hardcore. He was What's up with his head and his neck, dude? (laughs) Come on. He's just just like, yeah. He's a mute. He's a great guy. Uh, I don't think he and Krokop are in touch anymore. I'm not really, for some reason, me and Krokop don't don't talk so much anymore. But uh, he was the resident grappling guy slash coach training partner so i arrive and i'm like i'm kind of like the new guy like he looks at me and there was that little bit of like okay this is the new guy yeah and we train and he got me in and well an arm lock behind the head and i'm oh. like i'm not tapping this and i got it and i got him and i'm like i should have tapped that <laughs> because it was the first time you know i'm not gonna i don't want to yeah. and he's probably doing the same thing we ended up being real good friends he's a better wrestler than me and a better boxer than me and he has good submissions, but my and thing his is, head, man, you, yeah, it, you, know, you, you hit it. I You hit his head. It can actually hurt your hand. I mean, it can <laughs> actually. And he'll just take. He won't even blink his eye. He's mm-hmm. a really confident guy. He's solid. Yeah. So you get some freaks like that, like a bowling ball of fury. Yeah. What should beginners focus on in jujitsu? Finding a, a good coach is imperative. Because you need some kind of direction. And in the end, or hopefully sooner than later, you start developing your own way. Even if it's a little a little variation of what your coach is saying. Uh, maybe it doesn't have to be some champion. Someone you connect with and you can hear. Not listen, you can hear what they're saying. Because someone, I might I might say something, and Andre Gramont would say the same thing in a slight variation. It will make sense, maybe he says, over me, and vice versa. I've had people both ways tell me, you know, something that, that you will say made more sense or something that someone else said the same exact thing but mm-hmm. said in a different way. So finding a coach is really important. Uh, also, well, humility will be taught by itself. Yep. Um, so that goes without saying. I always tell people relax. There we go. Yeah, of course. Relax, of course. But that's difficult for a beginner oh, because you don't, you don't want to relax. You want to win. That's why I try and make it so evident that that's the most important thing you should do you know a lot of people also ask me like what schools you know i I live in cleveland i live in toledo what school should i go to and i think one thing that people should realize these days the days of like hey there's some shyster that's running around saying he's a black belt there's not a lot of those guys left anymore because the internet has just overtaken them and they just get called out so so i think if you go to a place that has a website that lists the instructors' names. The instructors maybe show some of their competitive history. They show their lineage of where they got their black belt from. It's all good. Like you can't put that stuff on the internet. You can't say I got my my black belt from Hoyler Gracie and and not if you didn't and expect to have like expect to get away with that. So do, do you know who Rafael Torre was? He was the king of the yeah kid. yeah. So that's so back Joe in the Rogan, day. They were like they were like yeah. Um, so he said, "I can you drive me out to the forest? I have a kumite to go to. And they drove him out there, and he got out with all the stuff, went in the forest, and came back like three hours later with like a trophy. And it was like the next day. Yeah, or next, and they're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> they were, they were, I won that. Wait, I, was I, Joe I, Rogan? That was, was it Joe Rogan or Eddie no, Bravo? Eddie Bravo. And he's like, yeah. he's like, yeah, I beat 10 guys. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, by the way. So yeah. That guy was, yeah. And he, oh. he had fixed fights. It's like he fought a student. It was yeah. work. It was a work. This is about 15 years ago, of course. He's in prison now. Yeah. He's gone. So that guy, yeah. this is an example of what it used to be like. Yeah. A guy could show up somewhere 
Put and a black belt on. Yeah, put a black belt on and be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a black belt. I got my black belt in Brazil. I trained down there for four years, and I'm a black belt, and I won this and I won that. And he didn't win anything, and he oh. was just a liar. But these days, I'm telling you, if you find a, if you find a place online, it lists the instructors. The instructors' names are there. You can Google the instructors' names. You can see if they've. Every instructor has competed at some point, right? I mean, if someone's, I would say, ninety-five percent of instructors yeah. have done some competition at some point. There may be a few, very small percentage of instructors that have never competed. Yeah, I don't even know if that's possible. If yeah. you if you Google your instructor, if your instructor has never competed, I would definitely mm. be suspect. It's possible, but yeah, yeah it's it, not it, likely. Competition, like I said, it, it, you can see how someone is and the truth. As yeah. you would say, one piece of advice I would give to people is, okay, I'm in Cleveland, whatever, or there's eight school, whatever, five. Go to each yeah. school. Don't say you live there. Say I'm visiting from, yeah, it's a, you're lying, but it's a white lie. Yeah, it's okay. God will <laughs> forgive you. You say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a white belt. I'm from Florida. I'm just passing through. I have no experience. So you're not getting the sales pitch. You know, the instructor's representative, not his real self, is trying to impress you, so you sign a contract. Signing a contract is okay, but if you believe in the, in the instructor, you like what he's saying, you like the environment. Because then as a visitor, you're going to see, like, this this person's not trying to sell me mm-hmm. something. You can see how they actually are. And if you hear what they're saying, it's making sense to you, and you, you vibe with the energy or, let's say, the style or the personality of the of the instructor, go, go to all five gyms in this and pay the day fee, 20, yep. 30 bucks, and just Try it and then come back. Which which one did you like best? And then try it out. And yes, Jesus is awesome because also you're not getting hit in the head. Yeah, you know. And I love boxing. Boxing kick. It's awesome. I've done it at a high level. I've, I've fought Wolch. I sparred Bojowski. I've sparred Krokop. I sparred uh, Jerome LeBanner, who's also one of the best in history from France. That's why I lived in France for one month. That's how I learned some French. You you uh you do get hit. You get hurt, and you only have one brain. And it's not wrong. It's not bad. It's good to know everything, a little bit of something. But you can actually spar in jiu-jitsu without getting – you can spar every day, basically, yep. unless yep. you're injured. Yep. Yeah. So that you, the damage, if you do get it, unfortunately, like any sport, is distributed around your body. Whereas in boxing, it's mostly your brain. Yeah. So it's okay. It's good to do all of this stuff. I mean, I like it all. Uh, also, grappling in a self-defense scenario, I mean, even if it's more than one person – the fact that someone cannot easily put me on the ground, if two guys grab me, actually, like average guys, I could actually probably just win the fight but with punches, <laughs> but they're not gonna take me down that easy, okay? If someone grabs me from the side, I, I can I could throw them, <laughs> I could escape, and I can leave. Right. That's something you said, what made yeah. a lot of sense. If I decide I don't wanna fight and you can't restrain me, I can leave. Yeah. I don't have to, and nowadays, with all the lawsuits and stuff like that, I mean, just making a fist is ammunition for a lawyer. That's that's a sign. Okay. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, if you hit someone with an open palm, it's not in many jurisdictions. It's not the same. If you restrain someone, if you had to, and I and I, I call this seminars. I, I I say this is a, a drunk uncle technique, because if you're at a wedding and your uncles had too much drink, and every, every family has one of these uncles usually, <laughs> so they're like, I, I understand what you're saying, <laughs> but he, you have to stop him. He's doing something that's really let's say not not cool. He's hurting someone. You could. Hold him without hurting him. You can't do that with boxing. Yeah, boxing is awesome, but you're gonna hurt someone, or maybe not. Uh, and uh, I, I know people who have hit people in fights. The guy falls, hits his head, and dies. I, I know people, 
and they're in trouble. And imagine your conscience. Uh, how do you yeah. feel about that, right? That was so a big it's case all good here to in know. San Diego. Those surf kid, surfer kids, uh, they knocked some kid out. I heard about this. And yeah. the guy just knocked him out. It was exactly that. Knocked him, punched him in the head, fell down, hit his head on the curb, died. And and the dude, you know, went to prison. That's 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 whatever manslaughter or murder. So whereas if he would have just done a double leg, and choked the dude out, which is more kind of more humiliating, I think in a way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a. It's a. Where am I? <laughs> yeah. I'm on the beach somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good way to do it. Uh, so you find a good school. I always think that proximity is important too. Of course. You know, get something close to your. If you pick a school that's an hour away, you're not going to go as often. Yeah, you're gonna unless you're jogging. your time. Yeah. Well, I always, you know, we always picked schools that Back were. Back then there close. were only two. There were two in San Diego County. Yeah. Now there's yeah. like 80 or something. Yeah. yeah, there's a ton in San Diego. They're all over the place, though. There's jujitsu schools everywhere. You know, I think we've done a pretty good job of being apolitical yeah. at our yeah. gym. Yeah. Of just, look, man, guess what? We love jujitsu. We love to train jujitsu. We love to teach jujitsu. We love to roll jujitsu. If you fall into any of those categories, come and train, come and get it. And we don't, you know, that's just kind of our attitude. Here's a quick, quick story. Chaco, you would appreciate it. And I'm not going to say his name because, you know, uh, been training here for a few years. Nice, nice guy. Actually came to me and said, hey, Dean, um, I want you to know I really like training with you. You're my coach. Um, but I was I was invited by Andre Gavon for two months to come train with him for free. You know, he said, okay, if I, and I'm like, yeah, man. It, first of all, most men wouldn't ask me that. They would mm-hmm. just go and do it. The fact you asked me, Matter of fact, he's a friend of mine. I'm like, and he, he was like, he was very surprised. He thought I was gonna be mad or something. Um, but if he if he actually went and didn't say anything, it would be a little awkward, which mm-hmm. has happened to us in the past. Right? Some someone does something weird, and um, it's a little bit let's say not polite or not correct. But that was would that be taking ownership of the problem in his mind? He actually told me up front or yeah. asked me, and I was like, yeah, right on. It was good, and I I wasn't lying either. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't me being like fake jealous. I was like, hey. He's a friend. He's awesome. He's a champion. Go. I said, I don't want to lose you as a student and a friend. I don't want you to come back. He's like, I'm coming back for sure. And so, yeah, we're not political at all. Yeah, I always found that just like it's capitalistic system, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like go train where you're going to get the best training. Evil capitalism. Yeah, yeah, evil capitalism. Like, oh, you, 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 it's not, you train where you get the best training. And now there's a level of loyalty, right? I mean, you don't just bail on people that you've trained with for a long time and there's yeah. a level of loyalty and that that's not like some level that you're holding a gun to someone's head it's like man you're you've been training with someone for a long time you keep training with them and you you have a relationship with them you know yeah. and you don't just throw that out the window because you think someone else is going to teach you a different move or something it's not you, you <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about um but it is a capitalistic system so you go train where you're going to get good training and and that's the way I that's the way I feel about it yeah and I think if you're somewhat confident in your ability and let's say the environment you create that you're a part of uh, it's not so much of a threat for someone to go train somewhere else every once yeah, in a while it's not a big that's, deal that's why I'm like cool yeah, yeah. go like we, it's fine because we know what we do here and other gyms it's like yeah right on let's 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 train jujitsu is my overall philosophy of, of all this stuff I, I had a female friend um, we're a pretty girl and we we're about the same age maybe she was like one year older than me and her first real boyfriend, I knew him too. I wasn't real close to him. He was very jealous. And she, I'm going to go out with my girl. And she would, she was a lot of the girlfriends. 
and he'd be mad and they'd make up and they get in fights. They broke up eventually. A few years later, she actually dated a guy and he was he was a cop, he was, but he was like 28. So she was 22, 28 year old guy, a little more mature than, mm-hmm. <laughs> than the guys. And the, she tried to pull the business with this guy. She said, I'm gonna go with my girlfriend. So he went, okay, sure, have a good time. And she's like, okay. She's trying to play this game with him actually. So it, mm-hmm. was, it was equal back and forth game with pre- pre- previous relationship. And I know inside information that she was playing, he was, it, it was a game, childish game. And um, she get ready and about to leave, and the guy said, "Hey, listen, um, you know I like you. I like spending time with you, but uh, I'm just saying I uh, I have my own expectations, and you know I don't really want want to be with a girl who goes out all the time with her girlfriends. I mean, have a good time, go have a good time." She's like, "Wait, uh, I, no, I don't want to go out." And she didn't go out. <laughs> so it's funny how he actually let her go out, and she didn't go out. The guy said, "No." I don't want you going out. She went out. Of course. So, and I'm not saying <laughs> how to manipulate, or, but that's that's some psychology there. Yeah. Would there be a dichotomy there? A chance. <laughs> yeah. A dichotomy. Like, I don't know. I, just felt, I felt like saying that word one time today. I don't know why. You had to say dichotomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I say dichotomy a little too much. But, but, the, but uh, there you go. He asked me, and I said, and I, by the way, I wasn't playing again with him. He wasn't playing again. I was actually sincere. I said, right on, man. Have a good time and do it. It's a great training partner, great great camp, and he, I, I, I could see in his eyes he was very happy about the response. So, yeah, I think that's uh, taking ownership of the situation. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. It was good. For sure. Right on. Yeah, any, <laughs> I think we've been going two hours, man. Anything else? Uh, Back when you were saying when you used to train with Jocko at, <laughs> yeah. at Fabio's, and you said he was the kind where if you guys were would roll out of bounds, yeah. and when you come back, Inbound. What are you saying? He would want to reset. Like no, even, no, what, what even I mean Steven is, or what I mean is, if I have, let's say, uh, X person, so and so, and um, I have their arm on the ground, I have a Kimura halfway locked up. We roll out of bounds, and okay, let go of it. Average person wants to start where you don't have the Kimura at all. Steven, yeah, yeah. Chocolate's like. You had two well, arms had on my it. on my yeah, arm, yeah. and okay. uh, I'm like, well, no, I'm like, no, it's okay. Well, no, I, I had my arm on the ground. You had two arms, and I'm like, okay, God damn it. And I, and we'll argue to have the worst situation. Gotcha. Most okay. guys want to cheat, kind of. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Like, so well, I was wondering, was yeah. Jocko that kind? Because if you're super competitive in training, you'll pull that kind of stuff. Like Jocko like, now will pull. Not, not he won't cheat like that, but Jocko is a little more stingy, selfish. Yeah, I, d- I, I don't think I ever had that experience where you'd want to stay or like if you'd if you'd be in an inferior position, we go out of bounds, you go against the cage or something, oh, we yeah. restart, and then you want to start like even Steven. No, I, I've no. never had that. But the thing is, people do that all the time. All like the, I all said, the time. so I was wondering, oh, maybe Jocko was like that. Because no, 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 I didn't catch someone were, did it to me the other day. And yeah. and I was I was like oh okay yeah I was like you know I like yeah. we got close to the wall oh no we got close to another p- people that were rolling and I was in like a good position yeah. I think I was actually a cross side and if I get cross side you 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 know you know yeah. you're in that's trouble it, that's that's gonna suck, yeah. and so and so we you know got a little close to these other people and and you know like well, their foot hit hit him or something yeah, He's like, oh, hold on move, yeah. so we're, we like we get a move and then he like kneels down right and right. i was like okay yeah but here's that's the thing how, huh? okay so here's the thing let's say someone does that to you what's the rule in your mind i'm sure this you know you got you know you're, you're actually mentally in their head now are yeah. you allowed to say hey no i i had the no mount, you or can I had, say you that can, okay. but, but it's but more that's cool to be the like, equivalent right, they, 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 they need to cheat. yeah that's the equivalent of trying to of trying to be like no, you didn't have my arm all the way there. Yeah, You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. you want to start that? That's cool. Right, that's right. fine. Yeah, we'll yeah. do it. <laughs> we'll Funny do thing. It. So, and by the so, way, did you, 
stuff just that's cool. So it's only bit. mental. It's all mental notes. Yeah, man. you can't say it. Outwardly. I don't know. I don't know how many. You know these themes I have. Like like I I just finished with. I'm like that's a goal for Venezuela. Like I was just, I don't know, I, it's just crazy themes with Jaco, and we have this moment, we, have, we have this cop. He, he has we, smack oh, talking themes, is yeah. what he has. Oh yeah, where he'll get he he does like characters. Oh yeah, where he'll <laughs> be a Venezuelan soccer player. Yeah. Or, I'll be, I'll be a, or a or a, a, a Russian officer. Russian here, better than American, man. Yeah, I'll talk shit with an accent, but here's like. I'll man on Jocko, like Jocko. If you want, I'll just I'll just get up and you can. It's, a, it's okay. It's all right. Just let just tell me, Dean. Let and Jocko will be like, mm. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I did it. Other guys before. If you want me, to, like, yeah, th- thanks. I'm like, what? <laughs> I said it. And, then, and now I'm like, I lost my mouth, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't go back. Yeah. I'm like, actually, they don't know okay. I'm joking. They don't know I'm joking. Bro, right. One yeah. of the best psychological <laughs> warfare you did on me was like when you acted like you didn't want to train. But you were actually fired up because I had I'd kind of gotten the best oh, of you the day before. I think it was a, se- a morning or something. Yeah, it was yeah. the morning, and you're all like, "Yeah, I don't know if we'll, well." And you're like, "And I gotta go soon." And I was like, "And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, cool. I'll just get a quick round, mm-hmm. you know, five minute round, no big deal." <laughs> and then he was all in the game. <laughs> so he mount. Were you there that day? No, he you, ma- he mounted me like 30, for like 30, 30 minutes. minutes and was torturing me. Double snow angel. Was Double was snow I, angel. The whole nine yards. Was it? Water torture? Was Chinese it? water torture oh, with the drips of sweat in my ear. Yeah. That left a mark, that one. Well, one, one of the hey, it's, <laughs> it's really jacked up, though. It's really jacked up that I'm a grown man. Um, I train jiu-jitsu on a regular basis. I work out. I eat good food. Mm-hmm. And yet you, Dean Lister, can get a position on me that I can't get out of. That's not cool, man. I don't like that. No, uh, hey, you have your days too. By the way, you smack talk sometimes too. You you do the what arresting? You do that to me sometimes, but that's a uh, retali- retaliation. I, it's, reta- it's retaliatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are, there, there are. You have you have three positions you can get on me and and crush me. Sprawl? I have two, cross side and mount. Yes, and I have two. I it's can. Funny, I used to have, get the back. I could hold on you. Now I really can't hold it. Yeah, like you got out of that. But the but I only have two, so I can only talk smack in two. Positions. Oh, and sprawl. Yeah, out. and sprawl. Yeah. So um, yeah, interesting uh, element of your smack talking as well. Sometimes it it'll transcend the mats. Like you can go home and get like voicemails. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, still Jocko loves voicemails. By the way, yeah. <laughs> so it's real interesting. Very uh, Jocko, very advanced. Jocko, uh, I'm sure sick of. I I used to just spam his phone up. With <laughs> I send like videos and or pictures. Or, oh man, one of the funniest He's ones. He's saying used to like he didn't do this like uh, two yeah, days no, ago. Yeah, you mean used to earlier today? One yeah. of the funniest ones, and this is just kind of unique. I don't know why. I'm like I'm gonna do something weird today. And I, I was feeling good though. I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck with Chaco's head. And I'm like I get a good position and I would go twenty two point five. And Chaco's like what the fuck? And I'd take it out of like eighteen and just ran. And Chaco's like what the fuck are you doing? I'm like I'm like no comment. I'm like. I'm like ninety nine point three, and it's, yeah, it's, and it, it gotta be something in your head. Like, what's he doing? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, t- I completely turn your your <laughs> volume off, and I put you on mute in my head. But that was what, uh, what accent is the most annoying for you? Um, man, I don't know. I don't know what accent. It's the Russian. It's this way. The Russian's pretty good. The Russian. Good mouth on you. Come out to skip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or or Arnold. 
Arnold. God damn it. <laughs> Whatever. It's just, yeah, but yeah, he just gets used to it. Yeah, it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't impact him too much. Psyops. I tr- well, that's my psyops is I try not to show any reaction whatsoever. Yeah. That's actually funny. Dave Burke was watching. Good deal, Dave. Yeah, good deal, Dave. <laughs> was watching Andy and I roll. And he afterwards, he was like, you know, it was cool to watch you roll because, first of all, like, it didn't even look like anything I've been training, right? Because you guys are just getting crazy. And he goes, and I saw, uh, I saw like emotion or, or I saw facial emotions on you. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you normally just look like the same all the time. And then when you're training, or when I was training, I was training with Andy, and you know, I was like, get, get yeah. some, some, you know, some faces, <laughs> and trying yep. to move and all that. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, that's yeah, one of those that's things. Your thing. That's, that's what, one of those things. That's why I know that whatever I'm doing is micro successful when you increase your sense of urgency. Yeah, because you, you're all normal face you, the whole time. Yeah, even normal, normal, face, normal body. face, normal face, normal yeah, body. Yeah, yeah. And then occasionally. You make me scramble a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make so, me you think know. about something because you can't. That's the thing, you know. You're getting to a point where I can't just allow some little, some little situation to occur. Yeah, because I can go to it's like the the uh, the event horizon right on yes. a, on a black hole. Like, oh, if I let this, it's done. Yeah, if I let this go, it's going. It's going to go. Yeah. And and the better you get, the the more I got to pay attention to where that event yeah. arises to make sure I don't get myself in a situation where, you know, mm-hmm. we got a problem on our hands. You want to hear an Echo Charles story? So I, uh, yeah, I, I smack talk you a little, not not the same extreme yeah. as Jocko, but last time we actually, was it last time maybe? And I'm like, I didn't let you pass, but I was kind of like lackadaisical, like, oh, he's cross-sided. And I went, hey, Echo, here's my arm. And usually he's like, there's something wrong, like, uh, it's, there's a trap and usually there is a trap I was just talking smack and Echo's like oh okay I'll take that arm and I'm like god damn it. <laughs> he called my bullshit because you, yeah. you know me enough because you know? most guys go there's some, yeah. there's some reason he's giving me the arm you know and you were like, yeah, yeah you you're not just going to give me an arm. You're like, there's a trap here. You're like, but, yeah. He, he goes, but I knew that. Like, you know why? Because <laughs> you were talking smack the whole time we were rolling. The whole time. Yeah. So it's like, funny oh, too. It's funny that for anyone that's listening that thinks that Dean might be this big smack talker, the funny thing is, is that you only, only talk my, smack only my, to my your bros. friends. Yeah, yeah. The, the and it's my actually that, yeah. a lot of times when you teach moves, you're like, this is a move that you would only do to someone that's a you're, very you're, good friend of yours or, or someone that you hate, Yeah, yeah. which is really kind of jacked up if you think about it. <laughs> like, oh, he doesn't mind grinding his elbow into my temple yeah, for yeah. three or my ribs yeah, yeah. because I'm his bro, right, allegedly. Right. So he, but he won't do it to someone he doesn't really know that well because that yeah, wouldn't be you know cool. that's not cool. Yeah. But if you if he hated me, yeah. or if yeah. he was friends with me, then he, then I'm gonna get elbows to the ribs while he's trying to come near me. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, but it yep. and really when you really think about it, your smack talking is never ever like serious. Oh yeah, yeah, like, and it's true. never like oh, I'm the greatest. And you saw it's not that. It's all your Arnold impressions or the, your policeman or you know all these <laughs> all these things. It's all like literally jokes, but Stop the jokes resisting. that you kind of think they're yeah. not always that funny when it's occurring to you. <laughs> That's the genius of it, though. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I love when I, when when the tables turn. Oh yeah. Uh, when the tables turn, you do the cop to me too. If you're if you're talking smack. 
smack and I can get the tables to turn, oh man, that's when I have no mercy. It's it's got to be shocking to some people. We're, either one of us, when you and I are training, oh man, people like what the, yeah. you're going raw, raw, raw. Look at the wall. Don't look at the wall. Look at the wall. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. The, the two you do it in like in reprisal to me are the 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 cop. You'll do that. But in like revenge, like if he gets it like, all right, sir, I'm like, God damn it. He's like, you're in, my, you're in the wrong neighborhood today. I'm like, God. I'm like, God damn it, I am, you know. I want to get out of this neighborhood. It's not cool. And he'll also do the, I'll do it to, I'll start, I'll, I'll light the fire and he'll like, I'll be like, oh, that's your guy here. I, I'll, I'll do like a, a, a bad Brazilian accent. And when you get on top, you're like, oh, oh, you, you do it back to me. I'm like, God damn it. I don't like, you're right. I don't like how it feels. I'm like, I want to reverse to where I was, not to where I'm at right now. It's horrible. It's Those are your two. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, like I said, we've been going for a little over two hours. Uh, so, do you need anything else? Not just, uh, hey, my bro's here and everyone had victory in me. You know, like Jocko said, I mean, there's been some rough times and that's yeah, some, 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 uh, unique things that I've been through and you know that's how you know you have real bros real team stick by my side and you know help me actually you know if I can help them as well I know they know that you know my dad he actually you know did not bring me up easy not saying he he was a real good dad but he you know I know it's not popular to say this nowadays but it may be tough I mean you know uh hey you got to fight hey did you fight hard did you fight hard not oh poor you oh you know we're gonna we're gonna make a complaint you know I'm not making some statement I'm saying my dad was awesome old marine right didn't you say that if you weren't a seal you were, were a marine was that we were, were saying someone said that I'd say there's a really good percentage that if I didn't join the seal teams I would have gone in the marine corps yeah, yeah. I'd say that's a pretty good yeah pretty good assessment yeah so my, my dad kind of like how you raised Thor like you know you're gonna do this and, and yeah you don't force Thor but you you kind of encourage him to do certain things and that's how my dad was that's yeah. another little torture that you do with Thor oh, with my oh, son with uh oh, I don't <laughs> know why that come I, from? I, go, I go um I don't know why I just go um hey Thor what's your favorite food and, and he'll go like oh uh, steak I'll be no <laughs> <laughs> and then he attacks I'll grab him I'll throw him down and I'll be like it's piggies in a blanket he's like no it's not yes it is say it now he's like alright it's piggies no say it piggies in a blanket and, I, and he'll go piggies in a blanket he said it wrong say it slow sing it piggies in a blanket and he'll be like no okay piggies in a blanket no say it right and I'll and just torture him where did you just, where, where does that know, come from I have no idea it's just, it's just <laughs> something I thought of first <laughs> I don't I have no idea why just hey hey and like I just think of themes you know hey, so, and then the, the like oh, oh he caught on like the fourth time he's like alright pay it oh my god you said it correctly <laughs> so you earned the privilege of letting me let go of you right now <laughs> that's, that's, that's you know old brothers gotta do that you know it's just the way it is that's how it is man that's how it is one day the pecking order will be reversed though <laughs> yeah I know Thor's taller than me now I god, know well I saw you you, you went to take him down whatever it was well, the first time he actually defended crap I'm like god dang he's defending him yeah. the same. I, I went to double like I'm like dude he actually said it's wrong <laughs> hit you with the hip and I was like oh <laughs> yeah. you had to turn it up the heat good. awesome man well uh, uh, Echo it looks like I think uh, everyone's going to be training Jiu Jitsu now yes. everyone Hopefully. is going to get on that path how yes. can we get on that path stay on that path you know yeah whatever I'll let something you know. like that yeah so Jiu Jitsu if you do gi which we recommend mm -hmm. we recommend both fully, gi no fully. gi Right? Fully, fully. fully okay so geese absolutely boom, get an origin gi get an origin gi 100 
No, you don't even have to chop. Are there some ones that don't rip at all or something like that? Uh, I don't know that they rip. I've never see, witnessed one rip ever. I've never witnessed one even come close to ripping or even having the sound of ripping sounds. Um, By the way, that's but, an investment because, I, Jocko, how many geese have we gone through? Like a eight. lot of geese. Yeah. So yeah. I've ripped yeah. someone's geese in a match, by the a way. A lot of geese. Hey, awesome. Yeah, nice. you, I think you taught me that. Anyway, get so, Origin Gi. That's the made all made in America from the thread, from the cotton, <laughs> all the way to the actual Gi, all made in America, assembled in America. And also, if you're going to train no Gi, yeah. which we also recommend, right? Yes, yeah, we yeah, do. Fully. Absolutely. You can get a, a rash guard, which <laughs> is very good for training jiu-jitsu with because it's compression and it doesn't get caught up. Toes, Your fingers. fingers. Fingers, so yeah. you can get that. Yeah, it's true. The uh, the rash guards, and yeah. they are also made hundred percent in in America. Yeah. So where, where we go is go you, where you go is online originmain dot com. It's in Maine, um, and yeah, you can get sweats, shirts, you know, lifestyle right. stuff, apparel, real cool stuff. Did all you made say in America. lifestyle stuff? Hey, man, I said it. Okay, I said it. We'll leave that one. With right, you. It is lifestyle, Brad. Jujitsu transcends the mats once you find the the way broadly. You see it in all things. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? I don't think I see the. I don't think I see the way in joggers. I'm just saying, if you do jujitsu, it's it's gonna be your lifestyle. Is what I'm saying. You see what I'm uh, saying? You Dean knows what I'm saying, huh, Dean? Oh yeah. There you go. Boom. Also supplements. Okay, Jocko has supplements. Good news. Jocko has supplements. Oh yeah. You had uh, surgery on your shoulder. Same day I had surgery. Yeah. By the way. Actually, thanks for for he gave me he hooked me with some some gear. Oh. Not gear. What joint it's warfare? Nutrition. Yes. Yeah. So that's gonna help. You see, like mine is way. Remember, okay, I did my other side too. My bicep. Yeah, yeah. This one's mm. healing way faster, like night yeah. and day, way crazy faster. Anyway, joint warfare. So supplements. Jocko has, thankfully, joint warfare, glucosamine chondroitin. You know, grappling. Yeah. We always kind of yeah. knew about that. The krill uh, oil. Curcumin, and then also Jocko Super Krill Oil. Which is good for your joints. Some lubrication well. of the joints. Lubrication, omega threes, whatnot. Other good benefits for that too. And Organs. If, and you can get discipline. Yeah. Not just regular discipline, but a supplement called, called discipline, discipline, which is good for the <clears throat> pre mission situation. situation. Dave Burke. Good deal, Dave. Good deal, Dave. He's on the discipline. Yeah. A lot. So here's the thing about discipline. Go sit. Okay. So I'm like, all right, that's not an everyday deal for me, discipline. Oh. So I'm like, well, no, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. cool. I'm down. Um, so I'm like, all right, so let me do the three scoops. Oh, you did. I, the hear, three I, heard, I heard some good things about the three <laughs> scoops. So I did the three scoops. And, and here's the thing I wasn't like tired or nothing like that. I wasn't like, oh, I need this specifically. Let me just do the three scoops. Good for your You just decided brain. to get on the program a little bit. Let me just do this. Got to do it. So. I get in three scoops, boom, I go, and here's one thing that, like, I I wasn't necessarily trying to pay attention to. Am I remembering? Am I sharp? I, I wasn't trying to really pay attention to that. I was just going to take it and be like, okay, what happens? This is what I noticed, what stuck out to me, my patience. Like, you know when- Patience cer- increased? In, increase in life. Oh, so like That's interesting. You, you might think that your patience would go down because you're all amped up. Like yes. But you no, don't get that way. But it's not, ca- it's, I mean, it's slightly caffeinated, yeah. microdose of caffeine, yeah. but it's not, no, like maybe, maybe caffeine might make you like that, maybe, but, um, because it's not that, I don't, I don't know what the mechanism is that made me patient, but I really, you know how like through the day you'll get, you know, it'll get tested, things won't go your way or whatever. Mm-hmm. I felt like, oh man, it's all good. Like, man, so I'm there's problem solving. Something and in there that's giving you emotional discipline. Yeah, like, like it's it. like it's like making my <laughs> mind like 
pro- solve problems rather than like be all. You know how you have little micro reactions inside, internally. I mean, I'm not no, a bad behavior kid. Whatever. <laughs> it felt like I could manage that like really good. It was like really easy to manage that. Yeah. That's what it felt like on the three scoops. That's my three scoops. That's what happened. Boom. Either way, discipline. That's a good discipline. One. Mulk. Mulk. Oh, is, I'm on the mulk that, train. Is that Viking? Or something like mold. it's actually a word that I literally created. Yeah. So we were I testing too, to make seems, something, seems like, yeah. and I was like, "Hey, man, this has to taste really good, and it has to have a great profile nutritionally." And when we fi- when I finally got the sample where I wanted it, and Pete and Brian were like, "Oh yeah, it's so good," and they sent me my. I was like, "Oh, it's so good," and I'm thinking, "Well, it's not even a protein drink; it's something else. It's milk." It is, right. but it isn't. So kind of it's just a word. That so it's not it a protein drink, but it happens to have 22 grams of protein in one scoop. Per scoop. And tastes like, like a forensic. Has probiotics or something, too? Has probiotics. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it does have yeah, probiotics. You saw, you saw that. Mm-hmm. And well, peanut butter chocolate is now also available. It's, it's a big hit. In my household, oh, brown mine too. I'm like, <laughs> brown. It's fine. That's all I had to eat today. By the way, I had a, I had milk, a triple milkshake milk. I put some heavy cream in there too. Oh, Not a lot, just a little bit. I know, guys. Super huh? hardcore. <laughs> and then, um, oh, I know. I had a worry bar too, but okay. that's all I had today. Brad, I'm on the milk train. Big the time. milk train is deep. Oh yeah, it's like it's like a it's a protein supplement and a dessert. So if you're like, hey, I'm lifting, I'm rolling, I'm working out hard, you eat dinner, you can have a dessert, boom, that's a protein supplement right there too. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the Double peanut win. butter, not, okay, I, I, the, the mint is delicious, but let's face it, I've been drinking nothing but mint milk mm-hmm. for whatever, how long, ever long it's been yeah. released for. <laughs> so now all of a sudden I've got a little, option yeah the new yeah and, and it's new you know how it the is. new exciting it one, is new but you know? it's also just right. yeah when you open is. well here's what's here i'll tell you what when you open up either one of those two and you smell them yeah. you know you know you're, you know you're <laughs> you know you know things 100%. are about to get real good yeah real good either one of them can you look me with some vanilla next time we're working I, vanilla we're it, working yeah it. i have oh, some damn. vanilla you like vanilla for real yeah no kidding <laughs> i yeah i made the vanilla i gave him to my son he's two by yeah. the way all and right. I think he thought it was like a for real milk, sh- like a dessert. Yeah. And he was like, oh, he's all like crying for it. I have a video. I sent it to <laughs> Pete for real. It's funny. All By right. the way. And then that uh, was vanilla. It's not just going to be vanilla, though. Got to be vanilla something. It's vanilla gorilla. <laughs> 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 it is for real. All right. There you go. Pete, Pete was like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> of course. And he goes, he goes, what do you mean? I said, put a white gorilla on there. Mm. The vanilla gorilla. It's yeah. coming. I, well, I, would, I would expect so much from Jocko. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so we took a picture of you, Dean, and put <laughs> put you on here. You yeah, vanilla gorilla. Put the white. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. That makes sense. Uh, hey, the immersion camp, by the way, mm-hmm. that Dean will be at. And yes. I would say come, but if you didn't already sign up, you're not going to be there because uh, it's sold out. No kidding. Yeah, official so sold out. Official sold out. Yeah. We'll be doing it next year. We'll try and get, you know, come next year. We'll try and expand it a little bit, but it's sold out. Sorry. Next time. Next yeah, time. but those are Next fun, man. I, was, I talk about that with people very often because they want to go. Do that one. Anyway, mm. it's good. Also, good way to support and support yourself and represent. Boom, three things. Boom, boom, boom. Jocko has a store <laughs> called Jocko Store. Jocko so you go store. to jockostore.com, right? Makes All sense. Right. Anyway, this is where you can get the shirts, the hoodies, some more rash guards, more Jocko representative, you know. 
kind of a little bit more direct message on that one, but some good stuff if you want to represent. Uh, yeah, go there, JockoStore.com. Chalkers hats. Yeah, that's good. Whatever. Flex fit hats. Flex fit. For the nouveau. Snap back. The nouveau chic. That's what flex, flex fit are? Nouveau chic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hoodies legit hoodies and lightweight hoodies yeah the lightweight hoodies here's the thing bro you made me like stutter step on the lightweight hoodies so like i have them and but they're not like in the pipe yet oh okay but well good keep them out of the pipe i want the no nah, they're going no, in the pipe no there's people that there's there is people there are yeah, people a lot of support that for have the requested lightweight. yeah everyone in hawaii <laughs> sure yeah everyone everybody. a bunch of people in florida sure yeah, you know. Texas sometimes too. But yeah, that's a good way to support and represent, like I said, jockostore.com. Also, good way to support is to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Seems obvious, I know. But on iTunes and Stitcher. Seems real obvious since Google we've been Play. saying this for 137 <laughs> episodes. And I think I even say it seems obvious yeah, every single yeah, time. Every but time you say it seems obvious, which that makes kinda, it even more obvious. Which makes, yeah, exactly right. Because my point even more seems obvious because I say it all the time and... That's just kind of how with podcasts you subscribe to the podcast. That's how everyone. Do you think that. that you when you say things a certain way and then then you just think that's the best way to say it? And you're just gonna keep saying it. Yeah, that way? yeah, it ain't broke. Kinda... Don't fix it, kind of thing. <laughs> Even though it kind of is broke because you look at me like it's broke every single time. Hey, don't, Either way, when you're signing up for podcasts, don't forget that there's also the Warrior Kid podcast. Yeah. And you can subscribe to that one too. You can play it for your kids. There's some stories on there. There's yeah. some Q and A for Uncle Jake, yeah. which you know. Good. Yeah, I like those stories. So okay, those stories I have to sh- I shorten it sometimes, but all those stories I tell my daughter before. But, you know, you have bedtime stories. Uh, you know, now you have a story now. Yeah. You know how like right? do, you, do you make yourself the first person character, <laughs> or do you say this happened, no. Uncle Jake? No, I don't. Need, I actually don't even say Uncle Jake. So how do you? Who, I make up different names. Oh, I make up different me. names. Yeah, yeah. You think she's buying that? Yes. She's like, you ripped this off from Jocko, dude. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Dad, come on. Where no, are you at? No, 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 no. She knows. And here's the thing. They're oh, interesting. you were running a race? Oh, okay. No, I don't say me. No, I don't say me. I say, look, there's this girl. You owe me money. Yeah, kind That's of like thinking. a royalties like <laughs> scenario. But <here's, laughs> you say someone else was running the race. You say it's oh, a story about somebody. Yeah. And here's the important thing. And but hasn't she heard the Warrior Kid podcast? No. Oh, you no. you evil. No, you're holding out know. on her and you're taking my stories and now you're making them your own. <laughs> and one day she's going to listen and be like, well, oh, a, she stole the story from you, daddy. What's bad is I didn't realize I was doing that, but technically that is what, ha- is what, hap- what happened. That's cold-blooded. But either way, if they don't hear those stories on the podcast for whatever reason. Because you're hey, holding out on them or you whatever, take credit. Or what have you. You have stories to tell and you know they're going to come with that lesson that's what i think is yet another element of value immense value podcast. we threw some of those stories on the uh on the youtube channel yes the jocko podcast youtube channel and there's a warrior kid podcast or uh youtube, YouTube channel so go to youtube subscribe to that if you want to see echoes legit videos which apparently he has some in the hopper that mm-hmm. he's going to be releasing so we're looking forward to that as well which should be good. Yeah. Get them out there. I think so. Also, on it. Okay, on it.com slash Jocko. This is where you can get your kettlebells. I got some heat for calling them artistic kettlebells. Actually, it wasn't You heat. called them that for seven yeah, months. It, it what wasn't are you heat. talking it about? It wasn't heat. It was like uh, an intro or an What's offering. That? 
What's what? an artistic, artistic kettlebell? You know, like primal bells, the ones that look like... They have like, like faces on them. Oh, Yeah, you they know have what I'm talking about from on it. Yeah, you know, like you get the, on them. Yeah, or the gorilla. Or the gorillas the, or the, or the, or the Here's the thing. <laughs> bro, they're, bro, don't even tease, bro. They're the best. No, Try I got you just cameras. Do, do, do you do kettlebells? I used to. Yeah, okay. Shoulder, I can't what, the right. boring round one? Yeah. So you get the the werewolf one <laughs> is way better. Yeah, and it right. even looks better. Anyway, they're yeah. cool. And and you get it from on it, so there's that. I got rings, and there's a bunch of other work, cool workout They're stuff. Kettlebells are awesome. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, but if they look awesome, that's even more awesome. Plus well, they saw the regular ones too, yeah, by the way. But yeah. that's a, a lot of information too yeah. on the website on it.com. Plus psychological war, psychological warfare, and we're working on the second album, but that's on iTunes. If you want to hear me talking about when to get after it instead of being a little baby and succumbing to your own pathetic horrible laziness Moments and weakness. weakness yeah cool yeah there's that yeah also, there's there's white tea yeah jock white tea in cans too by the way if you yeah. like tea in a can or if you just like the whole idea of holding a can you know like how you do with the energy drinks or whatever jp told me today he's like god can you just pay me in jocko white tea <laughs> Because, you know, he's an Esalen front. Uh. And I'm like, brother, we can make it happen. Yeah, man. He's ordering Jocko White Tea, which is awesome. Like I said, it's awesome because, as I said last time, JP used to get on those energy drinks (laughs) big time. Yeah. And now he's just getting on a little Jocko White Tea. Dean's been hammering the Jocko White Tea. And you're also an energy drink guy. Um, Yeah, those those were the days where it wasn't regulated, you know, speech. Oh, yeah, the ephedra tea. Yeah, it's not good for you. Hey, do you drink tea like in normal, like everyday life? Are you a tea drinker? Yeah, that's weird, right? Me too, but I pound these. I pound these all the time. How's this? No, so. I, st- I stopped. I stopped using like the, the Red Bull type stuff. That's not really. Yeah, you know, and yeah. what? Well, and this is like a transition. Yes, kind of thing I had. Makes sense. I had uh, an uh, like an energy type drink the other day. Mm-hmm. And because I was yeah. driving and I needed a little bit of energy, mm-hmm. and it was like one of those ones, and it said, you know, like all the all the little buzzwords yeah. on it, healthy, natural, yeah. blah 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 blah. So I drank this thing, and all of a sudden, thirty minutes later, I feel like I'm going to start stabbing like the road <laughs> with a battle axe and attacking people. <laughs> and I go, what? The? It had two hundred milligrams caffeine. of caffeine. Yeah. Two hundred milligrams of caffeine. Yeah, that's gonna get you. Especially Bro, you're not. What used are you to all doing? That. Don't give me all that. Are you psycho? Yeah, yeah. You're right. It's their fault. Yeah. No, yeah. You're right. You're right. It's oh, all their man. fault. So not your fault at all. No, no, no. Oh. All good. How's this? So my wife, she's Busted. she's on the path. My wife, big time. Mm-hmm. Actually, now just like boom on the path. Hardcore. Boom. So I she look. Didn't listen to that podcast, bro. I looked on her phone and it has the podcast oh, on, and she's she's, she's the kind where it's like she's in the game, like, yeah, she's in the game. and that's the kind where it's like, hey, Echo, I'm listening to the podcast. It's not that. No, she's, she's like just on her own, on her own kind of thing. And I'm like, oh man. So I'm like, okay. The other day, okay, this is just in, this was maybe, this maybe to start maybe three four weeks ago, right? In the game. So the other day, I hear her. I'm like in the side, not in the next room, but kind of like. To the side, like mm-hmm. I'm not in her visual, like mm-hmm. thing. so. Her, you know, how people they'll, they don't. I'm not saying my wife talks to herself, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, but you know, how you say something, you say, Oh, oops, yeah. you made a mistake, just kind of under your breath, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like, No, she, <laughs> she goes, she, she pops another one of these cans. She's like, I love this stuff, like oh, to herself, my God. yeah, not to me. She was Dang. like on her own, like popping them, and yeah, she's she, she's pounding this, this stuff. So it's interesting. I ask, Here's the thing. She is kind of a tea drinker. Right. She likes like Does, tea and if stuff. You, okay, if it was a blind, double blind test, yeah. and you just you just came into a room and you'd never drank this before, 
and and you picked up a cup somebody put it in your hand and put it in your mouth would you say it was tea I would but I'm not like a hey that's that's tea you know I'm not yeah. a tea drinker that's why I, asked, I was asking if you're a yeah. tea drinker because I know so it tastes like, like tea yeah. if you drink tea but if it was just if it was just like you in a, in a store and grabbed a can and you open you'd be like oh this is interesting you wouldn't maybe necessarily know it was tea maybe yeah, yeah. well don't say that in England yeah. cold tea is like that's really weird yeah there. it's evil over there yeah they think it's evil yeah. oh it's bad thing okay no they, like, well they just don't drink it they yeah. drink their tea warm and or hot and with milk in it do you put milk in that Jeff? no Right, seems no. like like a psycho yeah. thing to do uh, with this one. Don't do that. Nonetheless, it's good. Hey, I got some books. Um, Way of the Warrior Kid books for your kid. There's one of them that's called Way of the Warrior Kid. Then the second one in that series is called Mark's Mission. Got the Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual. If you need to know how to get after it, that's where you find out how to get after it. The audio version of that book, you get it on iTunes as an MP3 or Amazon Music or Google Play or whatever. Also got Extreme Ownership. That's about combat leadership written by by me and my brother Leif Babin and on September 25th the dichotomy of leadership comes out the dichotomy of leadership It's a follow-up Leif and I wrote it follow-up to extreme ownership Dives in and gets granular on how to balance the opposing forces of leadership so that you and your team Can win dichotomy you like that word? Yeah, Dean's all smiling. When <laughs> no, I was waiting it. for you to say it. Actually, <laughs> I said it once. I only said it once this podcast, which is weird because I yeah. should have said it a bunch. Because in jujitsu, you've got to be aggressive, but there's a dichotomy because you can't be too aggressive. Yeah, you got to be offensive, but at the same time, you've got to also there's a dichotomy because you got to be defensive, right? You got to train with the gi, but there's a dichotomy because you've also got to train without that gi, right? Yeah. yeah, so there's a dichotomy gi, there. Gi and no gi, both are very important. Yeah, so you've got to do it. Uh, leadership Consulting Company, Echelon Front, we solve problems through leadership. Whatever problem you have at your company, at your team, it's a leadership problem. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. It's a leadership problem. Mm-hmm. On some level, it's a leadership problem. If you want help with that, you got me, Leif Babin, J.P. Donnell, Dave Burke, Flynn Cochran, and now Mike Sorelli as well. And that's what we do. We come work with your company and get those leadership problems solved, which will solve whatever inherent problems are within your team, your company, your business. Muster 006 in San Francisco, California, October 17th and 18th. All the other ones have sold out. This one is apparently on track to sell out even faster than all the other ones. So if you want to come to that, go to extremeownership.com, get registered, we'll see you up there. Leadership seminar, two days of granular, practical leadership. It's not It's not a motivational thing. <laughs> you can I, do this. And I'm not saying you won't be motivated because I get motivated, but, mm. but we're not there going like, how can we motivate these people? That's not even, that's no. that, that word's not even said at any point yeah. At all. Neither is you can do it. Yeah, I, neither I don't is you can do it. You ever say that <laughs> no, ever? No. But you have the strength today. You are a strong person. Yeah. You believe in yourself. <laughs> you yeah. are great. Yeah, for sure, is, for is, sure he doesn't that, say that. That is not what external. is happening. <laughs> that is not what is happening. We we talk about leadership, and leadership is the most important thing on the battlefield. It's the most important thing in your business, and it's the most important thing in your life. So if you want to come and learn some pragmatic leadership skills then come to the muster. Also, for current law enforcement, military, border patrol, firefighters, 
paramedics first responders all of you out there in uniform we got roll call number zero zero one it's our first roll call we're having the roll call because the musters two days it's pricey and we wanted to offer something to military law enforcement to the folks out there in uniform to come and get a condensed version focused on the dynamic leadership situations that you all face that's September 21st in Dallas, Texas. You also register for that at extremeownership.com. And also, we now have EF Overwatch, Echelon Front Overwatch, efoverwatch.com. Okay, so this is it. We've been working with companies for all these years. All these years, we've been working with all these various different companies and all these companies, we work with them and help their leadership. Well, they want to hire leaders. They want to bring leaders on board. We were also in the military. All of us at Echelon Front were in the military, and we have connections with a lot of people that were in the military that that want to go work at jobs with great companies. So in order to connect those two groups, people that want jobs and people that need leaders in their business, go to efoverwatch.com to get in the game and you can either register as someone that's looking for a job, it's focused on special ops folks and combat aviation, those types of what we're looking at right now. We're gonna broaden that out and, and put together another company in the very near for another arm of this company. And, but that's where we're starting because that's that the, basically the reason we're starting there is because that's the element that we have connections with. And so as we expand and we're working this right now to get the lines of communication open in the other branches of the military so that we can bring on board, you know, f- uh, other folks. But again, this is we started with the groups that we know. So if you're in those groups, go register. If you're getting ready to retire, if you're looking at getting out and you don't know what you're going to do next, we need leaders. America needs leaders. These businesses need experienced leaders that understand the principles we talk about, the principles that are in extreme ownership, the things that you learned in combat, the things that you learned leading troops on the battlefield. Your skills are needed. So hit us up, efoverwatch.com, get registered, get in the game, and we'll get you uh, get your next mission. Talk about having your next mission all the time. We will get you your next mission. We got a bunch of companies that are <laughs> they need you and if you want to spend some time with us virtually until we're rolling until we're rolling at the muster or we're rolling in Texas or we're rolling at the immersion camp until then we're all, all up on the interwebs Dean Dean Lister Dean is at on Instagram Dean is at Dean Lister BJJ that's right on Twitter, you might not even remember this. Yeah. On Twitter, you're Dean underscore Lister. I looked huh. up to see if you had Twitter. You had a post. You, your your last post was in 2010. 2010. Oh, okay. Probably so. Did Twitter exist in 2010? <laughs> yeah, I'm not even kidding. I thought Twitter was like three years old. No. that's. Has yeah, it been well, around that long? When was it yes. invented? Obviously before 2010. Yeah, well, yeah makes sense. Not I didn't ask. Ago. I knew that. Yeah, well... Because you just kind of said you did no. it, but, you know, hey man, all good. Yeah. One, three years ago. <laughs> Factually. Uh, and uh, Facebook, you do you do Facebook. Yeah. yeah more. Yeah, for you sure. You do Instagram. Sure. Yeah, Instagram more now. Facebook, it, there's, 
there's one is like a fan you know they make the audit generate one for you if you find a USC or whatever or if you have a certain amount of friends I have that personal one it's me and my mom my sister in the cage and there's yeah. another there was another one. I don't know who who it is. Me. And Remember, you made me. No, you didn't make me, but you asked me to set you up one like eight, yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, but the, there's another one. Oh, another one on top of that. that, that okay. Someone. It's actually post things about me, but I'm what's like, the I'm real like, one? It's a uh, just Dean Lister. Dean Lister. Yeah, it's just that's me in a cage with my my mom and my sister. Yeah, that right one. on. Yeah, right on. Uh, and that's where you can find us. And of course, Echo is at Echo Charles in all mediums. Yes, and I am at Jocko Willing. Echo, you got anything else? No, nope. pretty cool to hang with Dean in this capacity. You know, like yeah. well, I see yeah. every, every, literally every time I come here, pretty much. Yeah, literally pretty much. I see you. You know, whatever. Yeah. Right? yeah. By the way, you're my first. Actually, your class was my third jujitsu class. Really? Oh, was yeah, it down in Chula Vista? Yeah, Chula Vista. Okay. In that half. Oh, yeah, deal. I remember you coming yeah. in here. You, 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 were, you were strong back then too. Have strong. you ever heard him tell that? So, like, he thought he could take you, kind of. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I told him oh, that story yeah, like, a couple yeah. times. Oh, yeah, me and Cake Nuts. <laughs> no, no, well, no, no. Okay. So the me and Cake Nuts story is different. So it was like <laughs> when I, for the first time I ever rolled with you, you were like, yeah, yeah, come roll. Like, you know. You, yeah. And I was like, yeah, what? Like, how, how, this is literally what I thought. <laughs> how embarrassing is it going to be? And uh, how awkward is it going to be if, like, I get Dean today? Like, that's how, what I was thinking. Yeah. I was literally not to, it wasn't like this fantasy. Yeah, it's, I it's was fun. literally worried about the awkwardness. <laughs> So that's how real it was to me. I didn't. I'm not saying I was going to get you, but to me there was a chance. But I was like, yeah, it's okay. You know, he'll he'll respect that if that happens. I'm not saying it will, but it might. Kind of thing. Right when you, you know, how you're saying right when you locked up, and this is, uh, this was maybe like a week or something. Six. Yeah, oh five. Yeah. So this is maybe like a week or two into jujitsu. Right, even then, right when we locked up, I knew. Oh, okay, that there's zero chance of me beating Dean right well, now. Yeah, or that's maybe when ever, Dave yeah. Burke came on and we were talking about Top Gun and how like he 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 set it up really nicely and he's like, oh, if he had a guy that was really good and blah blah blah, yeah, yeah. and this whole thing, he's like, then his chance of beating, uh, you know, me as a Top Gun instructor would be zero, zero yeah. percent. <laughs> there's no, and yeah. that's kind of the situation. Yes. There's literally, I'm saying there's actually no possible way. No possible way that you could have submitted Dean Lister. Nope. No possible way. And I knew that, like, literally right when we locked up. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was, <clears throat> uh, and even at that point, even before, this was like when you were in Pride. This was like right yeah. after you won, uh, or maybe right before. No, no, it was right before you won ADCC. Oh, man. Or right after. I don't know. I remember one day you came in and everyone cheered for you because it's the first. Uh, you know, it was like your maybe second it was day back. when I faced Jean Jacques Machado in the super fight. Maybe yes, oh, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. Actually, yep, no, that's when exactly when you faced Jean Jacques Machado in the super fight. So we had Comprito, who's an awesome guy, yeah. came up to help train you, and so we were all training you, and we were all training with you, and and uh, when we got to the fight, this is the, this is the difference in attitudes, right? Yeah. So we got to the match. I won't call it a fight because it's not a fight; it's a match. Yeah. And you were going against John Jacques Machado, who's a you know legendary legendary mm-hmm. jujitsu player. And when you got to like a dominant position, and you were up by like, like hold on, yeah, you were up by like three or four John points. Was like, Go for the you were saying, <laughs> yeah. go for the submission. Comprito's like, oh, no, hold, hold right there, hold. You got this, you know, like Brazilian's that type of thing. Strategical Brazilians, yeah. stick by their. And game I'm plan. going finish him. <laughs> <laughs> that day was a good day. It was yeah. funny right before the match because Caprito trained for like three weeks, you know, and uh, Caprito right before the match he goes, "Hey Dean, I want to talk to you." He said it in English actually. He went, "Just so you know, I came down here to help you, and if you don't win today, 
I've let you down and I feel like I'm a, I'm a like whatever. And I was like, he's like, yeah, so if you lose, I lose also. And, you know, I really hope you win. And, and I'm like, damn, the, the pressure, you know, <laughs> <laughs> was that ownership? <laughs> it yeah. I'm like, I don't want to let this guy down. Of, yeah. It's like, I let you down if I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'll, I don't want to let you down. <laughs> played some psyops yeah. on you. Psyops, yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. And it worked. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was it. That was good. It's good. Well, it's because my point is it's cool to hang with you in this yeah, capacity. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, slightly different, but it's more simple cool nonetheless. Yeah. Dean, any closing thoughts? No, just uh, you mentioned the first responders. I think for them, most importantly, get on the mat. If you, uh, any kind of first responder, you deal with erratic people, I think it's really good. Uh, it does take some, some measure to put yourself in the situation where you are you will be weaker than people to get stronger. But I think it's very important. I think that's, I see more seals on the mat than I do cops. And I think cops need more than, than, than a seal, you know? So mm-hmm. I hope to see more of the first responders on the mat learning this kind of stuff. It's it's really valuable, definitely. And I look forward to the immersion camp. Looking yeah, forward to the mat. Good. Mm-hmm. Looking forward. Awesome, man. Well, uh, obviously, thanks for coming on, Dean. I know we've been putting this off for a while and uh, I'm sure you'll be back on again and we'll talk more jujitsu stories etc <laughs> and uh, thanks to everyone else out there for listening and and especially those of you that wear the uniform so yeah you know military police firefighters border patrol paramedics other first responders we know that all of you make sacrifices every day to protect us and we absolutely thank you for that and like Dean I also hope that all of you in all those jobs find some time to train some jujitsu because it'll make you better at your job it'll make you better at life and if you can't find jujitsu go find some boxing or some judo or some wrestling or some Muay Thai or some way to train so that you can fight when the time comes and, and really, that goes to everyone that is listening to this. If you can, get out there and fight. Get out there and fight. Fight literally and fight metaphorically in your everyday life. Fight against the enemy. Fight against the criminals. Fight against fire and catastrophe. Fight against your training partners. Fight against your weakness. Fight against sloth. Fight against laziness and stagnation. And fight to stay on the path and live in accordance with the way. By getting out there and getting after it. And until next time, this is Dean and Echo and Jocko out.